Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Welcome to episode 124 of Spit and Chicklets, presented by New Amsterdam Vodka and home of the Pink Whitney, worldwide famous drink. Let's go around the table and say hello to, uh, to the fellas this evening. Let's go to Mikey Granelli first down in New York City. Producer, what's going on, brother? Hello, gentlemen. A couple couple one too many Pink Whitneys this weekend. I, I can't get enough of them at this point, but what's going on, boys? Not much. Seems to be a theme on our Twitter feed as well. Let's go to our buddy Ryan Whitney, the wit dog, the inventor of the Pink Whitney. What's up, brother? How are we doing, boys? And by the way, people say you didn't invent it once. So I like, yeah, dude, you think? Pretty sure people have had pink lemonade and vodka. I'm the one who talks about it on a podcast, you muppets. <laughs> and last, certainly not least, our buddy out in the dirty desert, Paul Abyssinet, aka Biz Nasty. What's up, brother? Boys, yeah, I uh, I ended up breaking the seal. What? I I had a couple drinks. Couple, a couple glasses of wine yesterday. I, I had a, an offer that I couldn't refuse. I ended up, uh, well, I, I'm living with a guy in Scottsdale right now. I live at his this place. Is setting his... up to be some weird news. No, 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 no. <laughs> it ain't no house at no return bullshit. All right, all right. But uh, no, he, him and his family have a place in Scottsdale and they're here for four days a month. And, uh, you know, they, they're in town right now and they got a text from a buddy who, who just built a place in Palm Springs. And they're like, hey, do you want to hop over to Palm Springs uh, on, on Saturday night? And I said, well, I mean, that's a bit of a drive. Like, I, I didn't really feel like getting in the car for a, just one night party. And they're like, no, he's going to send his jet. So they ended up si- sending a private jet over. Huh. We ended up getting on this thing. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. We ended up landing in Palm Springs right near Thermal. But sure enough, they this guy built a new place on this racetrack that they built in the middle of the desert in, in like near 30 minutes outside of Palm Springs. And they have all these homes are built on the racetrack, built up against the sound barrier. And it's, it's like ridiculous. So this guy's place, of course, is the nicest one there. It's, it hits three corners. And it was just the... In, whoa. Uh-oh, Grinelli oh, my just God, saw that's a rat. Staying in there. In the yeah, Grinelli rat. just saw a rat. Rat? saw a rat. A fucking rat in my apartment. Oh, 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 oh rat my Amazon. Oh, my God, this video is oh, oh, I can't wait to post this video. This is fantastic. Oh, I oh, love oh, it. Look how scary it is. Oh, my God, look how scary it is. You little pussy. It's just a little rat. How big is it, G? Oh, my God. Dude, look at him. An elephant Dude, judging this by This is my bedroom. Action. This is my bedroom. This is oh, the video. Hey, have fun oh. sleeping tonight, son. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Shit. You better hey, Mikey. text him Mikey. Wait, though, is it? Is it? Be honest. What's is it a space? mouse or a rat? It's it's a tiny little mouse. But... Oh, okay. oh, dude, they oh. they slide through cracks like. Oh my god! Be out in a minute. I thought he had the fucking muggers coming into his apartment there for a second. Okay. I saw him jump. First of all, I thought someone busted in his room. Um, that video. I mean, that's going to be an incredible, authentic reaction of Grinelli being scared shitless of a one-inch mouse. 
Well, he might go I, viral I off this. I saw it. I, I, so I thought it was just like my, my mic cord swinging. And I'm like, no, that's not a mouse. There's no way I just saw a mouse. Because I saw one earlier. And Dude, then you, it ran, you acted like it was a like a rattlesnake. Whew, yeah, that got me. That scared. Ran, dude, it like ran right over my foot. Are you going to be able to concentrate during our uh, recording? Oh, Grinnell, right or? This is incredible. For everyone listening at home, uh, this is staying in there, by the way. Grinnell, we've, we've had trouble even getting this thing going. Biz has no video tonight, so he can't see what's going on. Uh, Grinelli's panicked, right? I mean, if I could describe panic, fear, and being a pussy about a little mouse, it's Michael Grinelli right now. So let's try to get you squared away. All right, we're good to go. We're good okay, to go. Okay, perfect. And hey, just quickly about your story. I'm picturing, like, obviously sick mansions. It's Palm Springs. The guy's got a private jet. But I'm also picturing, like, the house is along the highway that just, like, have the wall, like, like, right against it, like, so you don't see the cars on the highway. Like, what do you mean built up against the sound barrier thing? Well, okay, so that's, well, that's uh, uh, where the racetrack is. There's a wall like that. But then the, the house is built, like, the front of it's on the other side of it. But that, like the back, ugh, God, this is this is gonna be tough to describe. Yeah, man. Here, I'll just, like I'll just, I'll just send you a video. Okay, fair enough. Was it a sick night? Like, are you hung over right now? I mean, you hadn't drank. No, no, I had, I had three glasses of wine of uh, uh, Camus, the the oh, special edition. Camus. I couldn't say no to it. It was a nice big bottle, and then, and then, sure enough, like this, this is their like playhouse. So at this place called Thermal, where you can go race any kind of car you want. These guys bring their Ferraris. They're they're their Mercedes, whatever. They have like a tune-up shop there. You can get them all detailed. Um, there's like, a, there's even like a little uh, track for, what do you call those little, little go-karts? And I thought we were maybe going to stay there, but we ended up going to stay at his his folks' place. And they had a $100 million home just outside of Prom Springs. I've never, I've never seen a home like this. It was, I was fascinated by, by, it looked like I was staying at the fucking Encore in Las Vegas. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> Before we get into hockey, uh, did you uh, put anyone on the workbench? Oh God, you guys are gonna absolutely give it to me about this one. Uh, I brought my ex girl. Brought my yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Grinelli, are you hearing this? You're back with her? No, no. I just we we listen. Fuck. Just you know, we're just hanging right. out. All right, you're, you're nuts, but all right, all right. Uh, I, I can't believe you're drinking again. Good for you. Well, I'm gonna go. Days. I'm gonna go back to being sober. I just figured I'd give you guys a little. A little breakdown of why I broke the seal, but it was by the the the, the f- compound that these people have. I'm going to send you guys the videos right now to the group chat. You can kind of look at them while we continue this wonderful episode. When was your last? When was your last drink before before the wine last night? Just uh, I, I was about ten weeks and three days. Wow, that's that's a fucking fair amount of time. Couple months. Yeah, a so couple I, months. Uh, biz off the wagon for a little bit. Let's get our, uh, wrap up some other news that's going on. Um, this, this actually came out. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Grinnell, go ahead Ari, uh, Grinnell, get a, Grinnell, get a mile, like ready to kill a fucking mouse down there. A uh, couple of new stories to catch you up. If you missed them since our last recording, and this actually came out right after we recorded last time. Milan Lucic, uh, was fined $10,000, the maximum allowed for, uh, roughing, uh, Matthew Joseph there. That's about what we expected on the show. Uh, Tuka Rask, Bruins, number one goaltender. He was granted a leave of absence from the team for personal matters on Friday. Um, doesn't, you know, we're not really, like I said, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to talk. It's a personal issue. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be back in a few days. It wasn't healthy, the team said. Uh, but Yaroslav Halak will still fill in in his stead. Um, Evgeny Malkin with a little reverse hit on uh, TJ Oshi. Oshi come in for a hit. Uh, Malkin did kind of what Oshi's done a few times. 
no, there was no fine, no supplemental discipline. However, he was given a match penalty. He was tossed from the game. Uh, what was your take on that, Wits? Did you think that was a, a deserved penalty or no? Uh, no, I don't think he should have been kicked out of the game. Um, yeah, that that seems like that happened. What the day, last day we recorded that night? I guess it, it's been a while, but I even Oshi said after the game, he said, you know, he he saw me coming, and I mean the game's played fast. Uh, Mikey said something this week on radio, or I don't know who, I don't know where I heard him say it about people. People really do break down all these hits on with, with gifts and like you know with really slow motion, and it's such a high paced game. Malkin's coming across the middle. He picks his head up. He sees someone. He also knows NHL guys, especially, you know, the best of the best. They know exactly who's on the ice at which times. He knows Oshie's on the ice. He knows he sees that's a guy who crushes people. Oshie always has. And he, you know, he just kind of protected himself a little bit. I mean, maybe that's not the right term. Either way, it didn't deserve to get kicked out of the game, and it certainly didn't deserve a suspension or anything. So that made sense. But you could see Malkin was fuming as he got the boot over by the bench, just screaming at the officials. And I don't blame him. Well, boys, you know, you're pretty, uh, pretty e- easy on that one. I'll go as far as saying this. Like, Oshi goes and kills guys. That's like yeah. he, he can smoke guys. The, the play in which it happened, I call it a, a ladder play. Some people might use a different term, is where, like, Oshi's going to force that puck wide, and once that puck gets kicked out, he's supposed to continue to the wall side guy who got it. And sure enough, Malkin did kick it out. But from the look of it and the angle that Oshi was taken – I'm sure in Evgeny Malkin's head is like, this guy's coming to bury me. I think that once he kicked it out, I do think Oshi did decide that he was going to bypass him and go to the wall guy. But, but for how quick it was happening and how close Oshi was already to Evgeny Malkin, I'm thinking 100% he's going to smoke him as well. Malkin did. We've already been over this because Oshi always finishes his hits. Well, I mean, it sucks that he ends up getting him in the head, but basically what I see here is almost like a reverse hit slash he's bracing or going to brace for impact. And and as soon as he does that, oh, she's kind of coming up a little bit, but Malkin's a tall guy. He's probably got like three, four inches on him. It's not really on Malkin to all of a sudden want to lower himself to more than what he was in order to, to reverse head or just hold his own ground. It was just an unfortunate incident, and I, I'm sure Oshie thinks the same thing because when guys go to get Oshie like that, he's the one reverse hitting or, or clobbering the guy reverse hit every time. So nice to know that he wasn't a bit of a hypocrite after the game. If I was Malkin too, I would have been fuming. It was frustrating to read people's opinions online about it because they have no fucking clue about what being in that situation is like. And once again, Malkin just held his ground. He didn't, he didn't like really go out of his way to throw that hit. Would, would you agree, uh, R.A.? Yeah, like I said, he was just kind of defending himself. It's it's a play we've seen a, a shitload of times. Guys sort of brace for the hit by kind of delivering a hit. Uh, like I mentioned, Oshie's done it a handful of times. I think that's why he was, you know, I guess receptive to Malkin's uh, reason for doing it. I don't know. I had no problem with it. Uh, I'm glad the Department of Player Safety, uh, not to be confused with the Department of Podcast Safety, I'm glad <laughs> Player Safety didn't take a further look at it. I mean, because basically Malkin, he was punished enough. I mean, he got tossed from the game. I mean, uh, that, that was more than enough. I, I don't even know if he deserved the penalty in the first place. Uh, like I said, we've seen guys defend themselves in that way, and oh, she just kind of got the brunt of it. But uh, I, I didn't deem it worthy of any further uh, uh, supplemental discipline for sure. What's up, Wit? Uh, also, before we continue, um, we just want to let everyone know Morgan Riley we have on this week's podcast. And I don't know if you guys, uh, we, we have a lot of people who say they're they're NHL fans. They love the NHL. You know, they love the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. 
if you love the NHL, you might notice that Morgan Riley's been the best defenseman in the league this year. I would, I would argue it with a lot of people. I really, really would. So, um, you know, you can talk about points. You can talk about defensively every aspect of the game. He's been phenomenal. So it's pretty special that we're going to have him on. I just wanted to let everyone know. All right, what else are we getting to? And, and he's a fun interview. And, yeah. uh, and a lot of people have been harping on the, the Instagram once we posted that we're going to be having it on tomorrow that uh, they think people think that, that Sh- uh, Shabbat, is that how I say his last name in, Edmund, uh, in Ottawa? He's, he's right there in that they're, conversation. They're saying that he's up there in that conversation right now. And, and uh, Ottawa fans, of course, are a lot of, a little pissed that nobody's really talking about him or pumping his tires. The problem is, is we can't because there's so many other things going on in Ottawa to talk about. Correct, Grinnell? <laughs> Very correct. Yeah, we're going to get to the, uh, more information about the Sens in a little bit, Biz. I'm just going to still round up the news here. Yeah, another big story, boys, in the last few days. Joe Thornton, game number 1,500, just the 19th player in league history to ever play 1,500 games. I know we've discussed uh, a half a dozen guys who played their 1,000th game, but 1,500, man. Uh, I mean, actually, did you know Thornton was actually a defenseman when he started playing when he was a wee lad? He was like nine years old. And his team's number one center broke his finger, and they slid Joe Thornton in to play center, and that was it. He, he became a center like nine years old, and the rest, as they say, is history. But what's, what's it mean in the locker room for a guy who's played 1,500 games? Oh, my God. I got a lot to say about this guy. First, I'll say, though, you sound like a psychotic Canadian hockey parent calling a nine-year-old the number one center. Um, I think they're just all <laughs> centered in there. But still, uh, well, I will say Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton. Hall of Famer, right? That's the first thing I think of. I mean, it's, it, it, I will say it's a shame that he, ha- he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. I hope he gets one. I, I would be thrilled to see Joe Thornton raise the cup. Um, the worst trade in Bruins history. Uh, that'll be forever. He'll, he'll be forever part of that. Uh, a crazy stat. My, actually, my dad came over the other night. Uh, Dan Whitney, big Dan Whitney. He's a lot of useless info. He's, you know, he's a lot, he, knows just a, he knows a lot of things, a lot of r- random things. Not that this is that random. He told me, so we're going to have to fact check. Sometimes I can get him on, uh, he's not exactly sure of it. He told me Joe Thornton is the only uh, player, only athlete in the four major leagues, NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL. The only athlete in four major leagues to get traded in the middle of the season and then win the MVP that year. So if that's true, that's pretty crazy. I I, want to check. It's definitely hockey. I'm very curious if he was if he was spot Big Dan was spot on about it being the other leagues too. But if you think just to that, I mean that's part of him. You traded the guy; he won MVP that year. He went on; I think he had 90 points when he got to San Jose that season. So, uh, or you know how he played in San Jose, he got 90 points. I just can't believe it's been this long. The 1997 draft. Uh, shout out to that picture you posted, Grinelli, on our Instagram with Dan Cleary behind Mr. Thor- Joe Thornton's dad. He texted me. He's like, you recognize that guy behind uh, Joe Thornton's dad? Yeah, Bear, I can now see it's you, just plus 30 pounds because you used to just not work out and crush cigarettes when you were 16. <laughs> but congrats to Joe Thornton. What a run it's been. Biz, what do you got on him? Well, I mean, you pretty much covered it all, but uh, just an unbelievable teammate. You never hear anything bad about the guy. He's uh, he's he's like that leader that and the wily veteran that like gets all the boys to go. Uh, well, I mean, I know he used to bring all the boys to Vegas after the season was done, and he, he obviously he would want as many guys as possible. Um, you know, 
you know, the, the whole like not a winner thing, that's kind of like ran its course. That was for a little period of time there. I know that he's, he, he, he doesn't have a Stanley Cup, but he's got some pretty solid playoff performance. Of course, looking back a few years ago when San Jose made their run, when Pittsburgh knocked them off. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's a fucking Hall of Famer, man. And I actually messaged him because I got his number from uh, Doug Wilson Jr., who's the GM, the GM's kid of San Jose. And, uh, and I asked him, I asked Joe, if I text him, if I could come, if he would come on the podcast and he's like, ah, I hate doing shit like that, but let me think about it. So hopefully here in the new, near future, we can, uh, we can bribe him with something in order to come on the pod and tell some stories about at least him imagining whipping out his dick if he scored four goals like hurdle. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think, I think our best chance, I don't know him, but I'm guessing our best chance is maybe when he retires at some point. And I think he would be phenomenal. I mean, just from what I've heard, so funny. Um, yeah, that quote is of what he would do if he had four goals. <laughs> I whipped my dick out. That was an all-time. I feel like he's one of the only guys who could have gotten away with saying that and everyone laughs it off. Do you, do you get the same vibe where yeah, nobody – he also said it before the – yeah, no, I know what you're saying. He also said it before the world like lost its mind about like any little comment can make people go nuts. But still, um, the crazy thing about just quickly before before we you know we get into some other stuff, the Thornton trade. Like I remember, all right, you'll probably remember exactly too. They ripped him for uh, underperforming in the playoffs. Uh, the you know the year before he got traded, the guy had like broken ribs. Like people have any clue how painful broken ribs are. You can barely breathe, let alone produce in the NHL playoffs. So it's just thinking back, it's just so crazy that he wasn't a Bruin for life. Yeah, he shouldn't even have probably been playing in that playoffs when he did go pointless in seven games in the 0-4 playoffs. And to go back to the, uh, if I score four, four goals, I'll whip out my dick quote. He didn't even say that in a scrum. He said that kind of, I guess oh, sort of really? off the- he said it like, I don't know if it was technically off the record, but he said it, and, and there was a, a reporter, a, a blogger, whatever, who heard it and, and printed it. He didn't necessarily say it to him for, with the express purpose of it being used in press material. So I, I know that the team wasn't too happy with the reporter who kind of heard it and then ran with it. I think Thornton said it, not expecting it to be picked up. Uh, but I just had a few other notes here, Biz. I, I know you like some numbers. Kevin Kurz, who writes for The Atlantic, did a, a nice long piece on Joe the other day. Um, his next goal will be his 400th goal. Uh, he'll be just one of 11 guys to have 400 goals and 1,000 assists. Obviously, the rest of them are in the Hall of Fame, except for Yags, who isn't eligible yet. Uh, his point totals, you know, 300, what, 399 goals, t- uh, 1,032 assists for 1,431 points in what's now 1,501 games, 123 points in 160 playoff games. Uh, like I mentioned, when he switched from D to forward, that's also when he switched his number. He used to wear number two after Doug Harvey. That was his dad's favorite defenseman. Then he switched to 19 for Stevie Y. Uh, they said his parents said that scouts agents started calling the house at 12 years old. And he had plans on going to Michigan State. I don't know if you guys knew that. He's going to go to Michigan State until he got drafted second overall, the 1995 OHL draft by the Sioux. So St. Marie went the junior route, lit it up there. And, uh, you know, he went number one overall, the Bruins. So uh, this guy, I mean, rubber stamps of the Hall of Fame, man. And they actually said on road trips, he doesn't wait for the team bus. He actually takes a cab, gets to the uh, rink a half hour earlier. Hopefully he's not taking Uber. Yeah, a lot, of, a decent amount of guys do that. But he, uh, 1500's insane. I mean, I didn't get to 500 because I was such a Band-Aid. I didn't get 500 games played. Um, that guy, thousands, insane number, 3% of NHLers that play in, you know, 3% of guys playing in the NHL reach 1,000. We said that. 500 more on top of that's a sick joke. Uh, and he's never played soft. So congrats to him on 1500. 
a quick funny story that I heard about when, when guys would play with them and, and, you know, they, they didn't know what the locker room was like and they would get called up. Oh God, it was some kid in Arizona who told me this story. He played for the Buffalo Sabres as well. But when Todd McClellan was coached there, he would have video and like sometimes he would pause it when Joe would have like a tap in and he would still try to slide it back door and he'd pause it and be like, Joe, got to shoot that. And Joe would be like, nah, no, nah, I'm a passer. <laughs> and McClell's like, they would get like in a kind of an argument back and forth being like, he'd be like, nah, I'm a passer. <laughs> I also, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's good. That's good. No, that's, I mean, that's hilarious. I also had heard um, from guys who play with them that he has no problem of being like, hey, wait, you got to be fucking better. That's, that's a, sh- you, you're, that's a <laughs> fucking shit first period. And he, you know, he'd say it about himself too, if he needed to be, but he'd be like, Hey, <laughs> wake up out there, bud, you know, get guys going. <laughs> that takes a lot of balls. Uh, you don't see it that often. I mean, I wonder if it, it rarely happens, I bet now, but um, that just showed the type of leader he was. So last guy I heard who was like, that was Chris Pronger. Like he would legitimately come in the locker room and look a guy right in the face and say, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, oh. that's the fucking effort you're going to give me fucking wake the fuck up and then he'd like go back to his spot or or just fucking stare the guy down but but guys on the team respected him because he brought it most if not every night i played with chris pronger when i got traded to anaheim that year we lost in game seven of the second round and uh cleary scored with like a minute left fucking cleary so pronger said to me one game when i got traded before the playoffs like after the on the bench on the bench at the beginning of the second period he goes that was unacceptable in the first period he's like wake up and let's get going move your feet okay yes sir sorry chris (laughs) yeah shit your pants a little when that's happening by the way i know how listeners can't see it but mike ranelli is doing his best doctor hook tim mccracken imitation with his hockey stick right now trying to kill this mouse i'm going insane this is insane this and, is just like the Jordan flu game. This better not go unforgotten. I'm I'm podcasting. <laughs> I'm podcasting with a mouse. No, 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 Mikey. Or, this is the Jordan like had a little cold game. You're not no, exactly yeah. battling. Yeah, the sniffles. Jordan had the sniffles okay. tonight. This thing has waged war on me. It's me against this guy now. So if I if I don't answer, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to war right now. Um, and I want to ask you a question. How much heat did Mike O'Connell take for that in Boston after he got rid of him? Was that, were people up in arms? Cause I, I wasn't fucking even paying attention to the news back then. Oh yeah. He's, he's still getting heat for it, but I would say biz that they, you know, because they did end up going to win the cup. And honestly, when, when they did trade him, ironically enough, it opened up salary cap room that allowed them to go uh-huh. sign, to, to sign uh-huh. Char, yep. Chara and Savad on the same day. Um, so I think O'Connell kind of took a I, I, he sort of took a victory lap after they won the cup. He's kind of like, oh yeah, I knew Bergeron was the was the guy that they'd win with, you know, kind of like trying to justify. I mean, it's still an awful trade, but there there was a little okay. footnote there that it did open up money. Bottom line, yeah, people didn't like the trade and they still don't like it. Oh, I'm, okay. So I mean, are, are those people necessarily wrong though? I mean, like no, Christ, they ended up getting the ultimate prize, right? I know you traded a, a guy who's a, who's a Hall of Famer who played fifteen hundred games, but like. I'm I'm not going to give them the non-winner label either. I just think that they've gotten the job done without him, and and you're, and people are kind of saying some of those moves were a reason why they ended up getting it done. Now, that's a little little bit of separation. You're talking about five years, right? Is that still relevant in the, in that case? Um, I I don't think either way he really gives a shit. I mean, he won. I think he was a part of the L.A. Kings when they won their cups. I believe Biz yes. wasn't he? Well, that's yeah, I know him, and, and, yeah. and his. I think his overall defense was, well, hey, like he's he's not a winner, like he's never led a team to win, and 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 I, I don't know if that's fair because in hockey you got to rely on so many different guys, and maybe he had some tough 
times is uh, is as performing in Boston. But fuck, I mean, you can't just, you can't give the guy the loser label. He's a fucking winner. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think people in Boston, they, they respect them now. I mean, I'm sure if they didn't win the cup, they'd still be fucking belly aching about them. But yeah, a, a bad trade that ultimately worked in favor of the Bruins, if that makes sense, Biz. Oh, and boys, uh, before we go any further, uh, we got a quick little drop-in interview with uh, Eagle Energy. They just uh, signed up for another six months to be involved with us. And of course, I'm good buddies with the the owner and creator of it, Elliot and uh, he's actually good buddies with Morgan Riley, so it's funny that they started their whole campaign with us, uh, dropping on this interview. Uh, Elliot, myself, and, and Morgan enjoy some fun times in the summertime in, uh, at Banter Room is where we normally end up in Vancouver. But, uh, Elliot, welcome to uh, the Spit and Chicklets podcast for the second time. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. So, uh, recently, you went on uh, Dragon's Den, which is the Shark Tank Canadian version. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it was a pretty crazy experience, but we, um, yeah, we, we auditioned in Vancouver and then they picked us for filming and then we filmed the episode and they, they selected it to air. So they aired it uh, mid October. Okay. So describe your product for nobody who's heard about it, which would be fucking insane considering how unreal my ad reads are. (laughs) So Eagle energy is, a caffeine vape or an electronic delivery system for caffeine. So it's a plant-based solution that gets heated. You inhale it. Caffeine goes into your system immediately versus the 30 or 40 minutes that it would take an energy drink to get into your system. And the effects are felt immediately as well. Um, so it's a, it's a more efficient, more effective way to consume your caffeine. And there's no sugar. There's no calories. Uh, it's, it's a far better alternative uh, for a portable caffeine solution. Compared did to you, energy drinks. And, did and you put Guarana in it just to fuck up my ad reads? <laughs> no, believe it or not, Guarana is the only form of caffeine that you can vape. So we've got a handful of competitors out there that you know claim to be doing the same thing as us and everything like that. But in reality, they're using you know other forms of caffeine or you know synthetic caffeine, so like the caffeine powder that you create in the lab. But uh, if you heat it up, it doesn't work. If you inhale it, uh, your lungs won't absorb it or anything like that. So, awesome. uh, you know, we're, pr- we're, we're proud to say that Garana uh, is, is really important to the product and is probably the main reason that it works. So, so what you're saying is the other companies who are claiming with the Guarana thing, they want smoke. Get it? Yeah. Well, they <laughs> get it. Just please, please yeah. embrace my dad joke, please. <laughs> yeah, it's been embraced. Okay. Thank you. Well, you can now. You can keep talking about Gorana. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like the, the the when I started the business, we had the privilege of working with the pharmaceutical science department at UBC. We also had the privilege of them being one of our early investors. And so, as an, an amateur entrepreneur, I had all these resources around me to figure out how to make a caffeine inhaler actually work properly, compared to some of the other products that were and still are on the market. Um, but most of them are gimmicks, you know, they're, they're, they're just using, you know, nicotine e-cig products and, and filling them with synthetic caffeine and then advertising, you know, the same value propositions and, and the same benefits as our product. But in reality, if you're not using guarana extract, uh, as, as the main active ingredient in your solution, then, then, then you're not really delivering anything. Damn. So you're, you actually know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm, I'm pretty impressed right now. Yeah, thanks. How, been, how did this idea come up? Like, what, what, what made you think to do this? Uh, well, when I was a second-year student at UBC, I was also working as a junior broker 
and I was also playing junior hockey. I was playing junior B hockey, but nevertheless, you probably uh, you know, my, sucked. My... You probably <laughs> sucked at hockey. <laughs> I was the I was the hitter, shot blocker, character guy. You know, well, you know, no, you that. were the one who was organizing the parties. That's all you did. <laughs> Fuck off with your shot blocks and. <laughs> Yeah, I probably had the record for shot blocks and PIJHL back in the day, but and also it. Elliot, we have a lot, a lot of new listeners. So half of them probably haven't heard the story about how you sold over a million dollars in fake IDs when you were in high school. So uh, <laughs> I forget what episode you were on when you first dropped in, but we went over that story. We don't need to do it again, but uh, you've always yeah. had that business mind, haven't you? Yeah, certainly. And then to kind of touch back on your earlier question, you know, I, I, when I started the business, it was after that whole uh, ID scenario. And, uh, you know, I was, I was looking to do something more, more promising and more legitimate. And I was working starting at 6am and then I was in classes till eight and I was playing hockey at the same time. So just like anyone else at university, I was guzzling Red Bulls and guzzling coffee and caffeine pills and Adderall and, you know, whatever it took to stay ahead. And, you know, I started researching products that, you know, might be better for your health or might be more effective if, if you've got an incredibly busy lifestyle. And I came across all these caffeine inhaler products, but all the reviews were shit and, you know, everyone said they didn't work. And I was like, wow, like if that, if that concept were to actually be figured out or work properly, then that could provide a huge benefit to people in my situation and, and, and all kinds of other people. So, um, like I said, luckily we, you know, we had the resources at, at UBC to, you know, figure out how to create a delivery system and a formula that worked properly. Um, you know, and that's all, that's all part of our company's intellectual property. And that's all, that's all part of how we started the business and, and created the technology in the first place. But, um, I just think that we started in a better place versus our competitors with a focus on safety and efficacy and, you know, safety and efficacy continue to be our focus moving forward. And, you know, we, you know, we don't want to sell bullshit like our competitors are selling. We want to sell something that actually works. And, um, that's, what's got us to where we are today. Wow. This, uh, this interview is a lot more informative than the last one. And that is going <laughs> to kind of bring us into the fact that you went to, um, the dragon's den pitch to try to get on the actual show in Vancouver, you said. Yeah, so they held auditions in Vancouver and just about anyone can show up. So there's, you know, there's people that are pitching documentaries and people that are pitching, you know, pet cage businesses, like anything you could possibly think of is getting pitched there. And so we thought it was, you know, it was at the Century Plaza Hotel only a few blocks away from our office. So we went and presented and they loved it. And so they came back to us and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to film an episode. And there's no guarantee if you film an episode that they'll air it. But our goal obviously was to get the episode aired. So we went up to CBC Studios in Toronto after the audition, and that was a, that was a really unique experience for me. You know, you, you go into the studio, you get your makeup done, you got 10 cameras in your face, and you're up against, you know, the wealthiest and most astute investors in the country all at once. So it was, uh, I pretty much blacked out when I walked in there, but the, the production crew has a whole skit planned with, you know, uh, one of the guys spilling coffee and, you know, demonstrating how inconvenient energy drinks and coffee are and everything like that, which in many cases they certainly can be. Um, and then, you know, we, we go in hand and Eagle energy to the dragons and then, and then the pitch begins. And we were, we were in the den for probably like an hour, hour and a half. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, so, okay. So you went to the, the, what do you call it? The pre one, the, what do you call yeah. that? An audition. The audition. Yeah. So were you, how much more nervous were you at the real one than the audition? Oh, I was a thousand times more nervous at the real how one. How fast were you talking? You know, I, 
Uh, <laughs> pretty damn fast. I mean, the feedback I got after people watched the episode was that was that it was handled well and the answer and the questions were answered properly and everything like that. But no, I was I was extremely nervous. That was that was pretty scary stuff. Like the audition, you know, some of the executive producers are there, but it's just kind of you up against like five or six people. But when you're filming, you know, you have in the back of your mind, A, this could potentially go on television and B, you've got, you know, 10 cameras in your face and all of these investors. And, you know, we, we've we've raised money over the years, but, um, you know, usually those are in one on one meetings or, you know, calm boardroom settings and stuff like that. So for me to go have to, you know, pitch in front of a bunch of cameras and all of the, and, and all of the you know, most astute and intelligent investors in the country, that, that's a pretty scary time. Okay, so for once again, Dragons Den, exact same thing as Shark Tank. Which uh, which dragons were there? Uh, we had Michelle Romano, uh, Lane Merrifield, uh, Manjeet Minhas, Jim Trilliving, who's the owner of Boston Pizza, um, and Arlene Dickinson. So Jim Trilliving, the Boston Pizza guy, and Arlene Dickinson, who's a, a marketing entrepreneur. They're kind of like the OG dragons or like the dragons left that hadn't moved over to Shark Tank already. And then the rest of the ones that I named were, were new ones. And right when we got in there, like right after I made the introductory pitch, everyone just took sides. So we had, we had Arlene and Michelle on, on my side, and then all the rest of the dragons started pulling the, you know, this is an e-cigarette card oh they're they're haters know, I, I oh big time so it uh the it, it got pretty intense in the in the first five minutes and i was climbing uphill for most of it but uh you know luckily we had those other two dragons on our side and they were defending us quite a bit and you know telling the under uh, you know the other dragons that they're hypocrites because they they make millions off selling sugar products and alcohol and they're in no ah. position to criticize my product and yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Well, maybe that's why they were criticizing it because they know your competition. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Um, and and then ultimately, your goal going to that though is it not more to be recognized as a brand than it is in fact actually to, in, in actually to sell off? Because most of the times you're getting a lowball offer. Yep, that's absolutely right. And you know, we weren't actually looking to raise that much capital at the time. And we didn't want to dilute ourselves and our shareholders too much by doing, you know, a big equity deal with one of the dragons because that's the type of deals they tend to want to do. Also, if if you're looking if you're looking to take investment from someone that is interested in taking a large position in your company, then you know you want them to be the most strategic investor possible or someone that's going to grow your business in an immense way. And you know, although these although the investors on Dragons Den are extremely experienced and and obviously value add in, in their own ways, you know, they, they're they're not really in the vape game. They're not really in the caffeine supplement space or anything like that. So, you know, after doing our research and thinking about it, our intention was to go on there and you know just t- let them know what our valuation was. It's the last valuation that we closed the financing at, so the, it was fair for us to go on with that. And, and essentially see what kind of feedback we got. And then the ultimate goal was, was to get on TV. Um, that's, that's kind of the ultimate goal of all the companies that go on there. Um, and so that was, that was our goal going into it. And that's what we ended up accomplishing from it, which was great. And I'll, I remember at the end, uh, I won't say who, but one of the dragons who was, you know, kind of hyper negative throughout the, in, the entire episode, interrupting the other ones. And you know, we'll, put really out. we'll put his address out. We'll put his address Fucking send us some anthrax. That's the end. But yeah, you know, and then the end of the show is, oh, you know, you're just on here for publicity, you know, get out of here. And it's like, well, who isn't on here for publicity? This is a TV show. 
you know, your production crew just put makeup on me for 30 minutes and then told me exactly what I needed to say the first 50 minutes I stepped out here. So of course we're on here for TV. And I, you know, they always kind of pull that card on the companies going on there, but you know, they're in the same business we are. So I was kind which of annoyed by that. Bullshit but. because you went in with the evaluation that you'd already closed out a raise at, which means exactly. you were not. So fuck that guy. Exactly. And it, Exactly. And it'd be completely unfair to my investors and other shareholders to go on there and start with a lowball offer just because I think that that's what they would accept, you know? Do you think that's why the Toronto... Had... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and even when we went back, even when we went at them with that valuation and we got harsh responses for it, we said, well, we're here to negotiate. You know, we weren't, oh. you know, we weren't like, oh, you know, that's the valuation and we're not going to, we're not going to talk, you know, any more about it. It wasn't that at all. Like we were, we were perfectly reasonable and, and went back to them and said we're willing to negotiate, but. So uh, for those uh, who missed it, maybe Eagle Energy, of course, I've done a million ad reads for them. That's why everyone knows about them. Not a big deal. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I think your biggest flaw was not having me fly in and do an ad read live for them on national television. I think all of them would have been drooling at my Guarana uh, wording. So but, Biz, uh, I, I completely agree with that. And we're now at our stage two application with Shark Tank. And I need someone who is an American resident to be my co-applicant for the show. Whoa. All right. Let's fucking do it. You just got to make sure it isn't when the Yotes are playing because they're a wagon this year and I don't want to miss any games. <laughs> um, okay. So we, we mentioned that you're Morgan Riley's buddy. You got to tell us a few Morgan Riley stories because, I mean, obviously you got to use your time wisely on here. If you tell funny stories, people buy your products. That's how it works on Spit and Chip. Let's. Oh, man. Well, you know, Just throw one of the bus. I've been, close, I've, I've been close friends with Morgan for, for a long time, and I would be very hesitant to throw him under the bus or discuss his personal life. But I do have a funny story, something that happened to me the other day. My, and keep in mind, you know, I'm best friends with, with Morgan, but I'm also a super fan. And so whenever there's a Leafs game, I got my Riley jersey on. I'm at the bar. I'm glued to the television. You know, everyone kind of knows. And uh, I had my car well, not my car, my parents' truck parked outside of a house in West End the other night. And the window got smashed in, tire fucked up, you know, completely, you know, completely messed up the car, got into the car, completely rinsed the car. You know, they took a, they took a, a, a quart of whiskey that was in there. They took my jacket. They took anything out of the cup holders and anything out of the center console. And the only thing remaining in the car was my Morgan Riley jersey. <laughs> and I just, I just thought. I don't know if he's going to want that story out there. Nobody wanted his jersey. Yeah, well, actually, I think maybe the guy was scared that I was going to call some private investigators or some gangs on him if I got that fucking jersey stolen from me. But yeah, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was kind of a symbolic event before before our call. Yeah, he probably didn't want fucking Rouse's jersey, man. Now you're breaking it to the world. He's going to be pissed about that. Well, hey, Elliot, I want to thank you for stopping by. And, of course, uh, throughout your campaign with us, uh, it's going to be Biz20 promo code for 20% off. Uh, it's Is it myeagleenergy.com? No, it's eagle.energy, which is oh. kind of weird because we're, we're, you know, we're ditching the .com and, and, and lots of other companies are doing that these days. Some some big oil and gas company, or not even that big. It's kind of an unsuccessful oil and gas company called Eagle Energy, is hanging on to hanging on to the .com URL. So we're www.eagle.energy, um, and yeah, Biz twenty twenty percent off. And and Biz, I want to say, you know, uh, in addition for having me on the show, uh, thanks a lot for the opportunity for partnering with you guys. Um, it's been a great ride so far, and I look forward to scaling it and growing this brand with you.
Damn, dude, you're being all like professional and shit. Um, oh, also, one thing we forgot to mention was the fact that you guys partnered up with Twenty One Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. Uh, very, very long story, and uh, I, I, I won't go. Have you met Twenty One Savage? I have not met him yet. No. Have you talked um, on the phone with Twenty One Savage? No, the only thing that we've done because his agents and his management pretty much make everything go through them. Um, but, uh, and we had to send product to his house and he had to approve it and everything like that. And it turns out that he loves the product and it turns out that he's very against smoking and, and, and very against nicotine and all that. Um, so, you know, he's, he saw it as a, he saw it as a good alternative, but, uh, yeah, we, we originally got approached by someone in his management and said that, you know, they're looking for, um, you know, new novel technologies to, you know, create brand partner partnerships with now that 21 is, you know, he's partnered with Post Malone. Uh, he got picked up, picked up by a big talent agency in the U S. And so we said, you know, fuck yeah. And we, we put together a custom limited edition 21 Savage unit, uh, that has his album artwork as the design and a brand new unique flavor profile. And that's going live in about a week and it's going to be available on our website and on Amazon as well. Well, he's a true songbird of our generation, and uh, that's kind of cool that you have the opportunity Completely to agree. with him. And uh, I don't want to recite any of his lyrics because, uh, you know, I don't want to come off as too religious. or <laughs> uh, But uh, thanks again yeah, for coming on. And uh, your Mor- the Morgan Riley interview is coming up here soon, but we got to get back to the boys. Once again, thank you to Elliot from Eagle Energy for coming on. We've worked with them quite a while now and excited to have them back for six months. And guys, I didn't mean to interrupt the talkie talk, but uh, all right, what, uh, what else we got cooking? Um, okay. All right. Uh, one other piece of news, a guy who's leaving the NHL, not necessarily hockey, but Thomas Placanic. Uh, he's all done in Montreal. Uh, he was actually practicing. He was injured. He was planning on returning from an injury. Um, Mark Bergervan, I guess, sat, sat him down and basically. Bergervan? Bergervan. Bergervan? Bergervan on Manhattan <laughs> Beach. Get your burgers at the Bergervan. <laughs> I heard that. The Hamburglar. Bergervan? Yeah, basically, he, he sat down with uh, sat down with each other, and basically, the, the emergence of Max Domi and other young players, they, they kind of made him expendable. And, and uh, Flakanik didn't want to play anywhere other than Montreal. So he basically, the Canadians placed him on waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract so he can retire from the NHL. Not hockey, just the NHL. I know this pod's going to make you two sick. Uh, he's making two and a quarter million this year. So he's going to be leaving money on the table. I know what he's going to puke here. Oh, so that. is there no buyout there where, he, where they agree on it, where he just maybe he gets a role in, the, in office or something like that? I, I didn't read anything like that. If you Paul, want to retire, we're not paying you $2 million. Well, right. but it's also like, well, no, I'm, I'm just going to fucking like go down to the minors and fake a groin injury or something. Yeah. No, he, I, I, I'm sure he knew that was on the table. <laughs> I hate to say it, but fuck, that's a lot of money to leave on the table. I mean, I know he's made a, a decent chunk, but if, if I'm a GM and I'm saying, hey, we're going to end up setting you down, you're going to be on the books. I mean, there's something to be worked out. I'd be like, hey, let's. I mean, let's fucking work this thing out. We're yeah. in the room now. Long, know, live, uh, long live the turtleneck. Long live the turtleneck. It's forever gone. I don't they think should all go out and warm up with, with turtlenecks on and, and, uh, in remembrance <laughs> of him. <laughs> There's actually, just to follow up on that, Biz, he did make I, I, about career earnings of around $50 million. And I read Pat Hickey's column in the Montreal Gazette, and he kind of speculated that he's going to go back and play in the Czech Republic, and he may well play for the team oh. in Cladden. He may well t- play for the team in Kladno, which is owned by his buddy, uh, Yaramir Jagger. So, who? Oh, you ever heard of him? Jaramir Jagger? 
No. He What's played he with seen? Mario Lamox. Oh, he's a he's an owner. He's a hockey owner. Hey, Biz. You know what? I'm having a weird uh, memory of a team he was on wearing turtlenecks in warmups. I think when he played a thousand games, they did that. No way. I swear to God. That's a funny troll. You're saying no. You're say, when you said it, I laughed, and then I, I'm like, I think it wasn't in Toronto, was it? Did he? I he think it was Montreal. Just- did he get a thousand in Montreal? I don't know. We gotta Mike, we, we gotta, gotta look that up, Mikey. Get, get just rid of that fucking mouse and look up some stats. No, he did bringing all the stats today. Not Mikey Grinnell, Mister Ratman over there. Should he we did go it on the road. road. He did it on the road. That's why they gave him the silver stick a couple games later. Oh, okay. Should we go to the um, big forty-four on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? Grinnell's Grinnell, giving me the thumbs up as his other thumb, which is the same, ironically, the same size as the mouse he's afraid of, uh, tries to bat it away. So here it is, Toronto Maple Leafs star defenseman Morgan Riley. This interview is brought to you by Tommy John. Guys, the holidays are fast approaching and things are about to get uncomfortable. Whether you're meeting her family for the first time or trying to survive her dad for the hundredth, now is not the time for nutcrackers and wedgies. Thankfully, there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing company that's redefining comfort for men and women. Guys and gals out there, I'm literally wearing my Tommy Johns right now. By far, the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. Uh, Like I just said, there's no nutcrackers, no wedgies. This keeps everything as snug as a bug in a rug. It's the ultimate underwear that you want to wear. Tommy John's got the most comfortable underwear on the planet. Like I said, it keeps everything neat, nestled all in one place, and it's the perfect gift for the holidays, especially for those guys out there who are constantly adjusting. You know who you are. Also, Tommy John, ladies, we have a nice women's line that's been called life-changing. Their loungewear is luxuriously soft and mistletoe-worthy. We all know what the mistletoe means, boys. And their latest innovation for men, the Stay Tuck dress shirt, is a game-changer. So if you're still on the fence wondering if Tommy John would be a memorable gift, don't think twice. Think about all the adjusting and tugging and grabbing and pulling that you'll have to do. Not anymore. Not with Tommy John. And with limited edition holiday gifts, there's something for everyone on your list. Naughty or nice. We like them naughty, right, Biz? Tommy John, there are no adjustments needed. So give the gift of mind-blowing comfort this holiday season with limited edition holiday gifts from Tommy John. Plus, save 20% on your first order at TommyJohn.com slash chicklets. That's TommyJohn.com slash chicklets for 20% off. I'm proud to introduce first-time guest of the podcast, uh, one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Uh, Doesn't get enough credit. Uh, He played his junior hockey with the Moose Jaw Warriors, wherever the fuck that is. Uh, Had a little bit of a cup of coffee. (laughs) Able to half cup in the American Hockey League and right up to the Toronto Maple Leafs, my friend, Morgan Riley, welcome to the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, hey, Morgan, my first question before we really get into everything is, everyone, uh, pretty much everyone listening has probably seen Biz Nasty Does BC. Uh, you were a big part of that out on the boat. Uh, you know, Shanahan and Lemorel chasing you down in the helicopter. How miserable was that day with Biz? Be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, I think Biz... I think that was the first day of uh, of you actually doing that, right? So it was, it was a little bit. It, it it was a little bit of a gong show, I think, at first. Um, but I think we got to figure it out. All right, Biz was working his ass off, like trying to keep everything in order. So it's kind of humorous to watch, I guess. But then I think the final product was pretty good. Oh, 
But, but the, I, when, when we saw that episode cut up, I'm like, you know what? We, we might actually have something here. And the fact that you were nice enough to give me a full day where I was begging guys to give me like 20 minutes. I mean, man, you were a huge part of that thing. And I thank you for that. Uh, I was real nervous about the part with Lou and the chopper. Uh, I thought he was going to be coming down um, looking for uh, blood once it got released because I thought he was going to be upset, but he actually took it pretty well. Good well, thing he's on the island now. Smell you later. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Apparently, uh, apparently MLSC wasn't happy with his acting skills, so they thought that's why they gave him the axe. <laughs> that's why they didn't give him a new contract. I don't know. That's what I heard anyway. I don't want to get into the rumor mill, but, uh, but w- where are you right now? I'm in Toronto. Um, played last night, played a preseason game in Montreal, got one tomorrow. I think tomorrow is the last one. So uh, just kind of counting down the days until the regular season. We play Montreal at home um, on Wednesday next week. So looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. And, and man, like, I guess let's just get right into it. Like, holy fuck, put some respect on the Leafs D's name. They just keep fucking throwing you guys under the bus. You guys got a solid back end. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we feel pretty good about it. Um, I mean, that's definitely a topic of, of of conversation amongst the media members here in Toronto. They've been talking about it for a while now, but I think as a group, we feel pretty comfortable. I think, I mean, me playing with Hainsey, we feel comfortable with one another. You know, he's a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's a, he's a wily veteran, and, um, you know, uh, Jake and Zaitsev, I think, is a good pairing too. So, you know, we feel comfortable. I mean, of course, we feel like we can get better. Uh, I mean, there's room to grow, but you know, I mean, I mean, our job is to keep the puck out of the net and just give it to the forwards. And I think that kind of takes pressure off us when our, um, our our group of forwards is as good and as talented as it is. So, you know, we're looking forward to the season. We're looking forward to proving some people wrong, maybe. But uh, I mean, as a group, we feel comfortable. So, I mean, we're looking forward to getting going, just like everyone else. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some doubters out there, but it's all good. Hey, uh, Ron Hainsey, what's he like? He seems like such a funny guy. Ron Hainsey's hilarious, man. He's, he, he was my partner all last year. We kind of got to know one another a little bit. Um, but, no, awesome dude. Uh, really involved with the PA. So when there's things going on, he's always got kind of the – uh, the inside scoop. Oh, so, so I mean, he's that's good nice. The CBD or CBD, uh, CBD. CBD. What's the negotiations? What's that big thing called? CBA. CBA. There it is. Fuck. Oh, Sorry, I got so much yeah. CBD on my brain. <laughs> that's what we've been selling on here. The herbal active. So I've, I've been fucking brainwashing myself apparently, but it works. I'll send you some. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So Haynes is good. Um, Good Wiley veteran. Um, so it's nice playing with a guy that has a little bit of a different perspective. He's been in the league a while. Won a cup with Pitt. Yeah. So, yeah, great dude. Wait. So, uh, Morgan, do you, know who yeah. was, do you know who was drafted fifth overall uh, 10 years before you? No. Uh, you're talking to him, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> really? What? Is it, is it, is that too- He's like, you're fifth overall, you fucking squid. He's like, who are you, buddy? Is this R.A.? Is this R.A. R.A. talking? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, R.A. couldn't make it. He had to work tonight, so fuck. Sorry. Sorry about that, Morgs. I know you're a little disappointed. On that one, R.A. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a letdown. No, um, so, so my question, you know, yeah, I'm fifth overall pick. You know, I know what you've gone through. You know, I played in Canada, yeah, you know. But I am, I am wondering, and this is before we, you know, we, we start joking around a little bit. Um, 
I think that you have all the makings. I think, you know, your wheels, your, your shot, your vision, your size, all that could be a true number one defenseman in the NHL. Maybe, maybe you're not exactly there yet. I would argue that. But people who say, oh, Toronto's a great team, but they don't have a true number one. Do you look at that as, I'm going to be there now? I, I'll be there soon? Or are you thinking, oh, fuck that. I'm there now. Like, what are these people talking about? Um. I think it's a little bit of both. I feel like last year I had a good year, but, um, you know, moving forward, you always want to be better. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm at a spot where I can kind of, you know, hang my hat on that as a number one D title just yet, but that's a place I want to get to. And I think I'll be there soon. And I think that obviously this will be an important year for our team. I'm uh, making big moves in the off season. There's lots of expectations. So I think it's important that we all, kind of get ready for a big year and I think that you know really includes myself so this year um would be a good test but I mean moving forward that's obviously an accomplishment that I want to have and um you know I'm not there yet but hopefully it won't be long till until uh, I'm able to to you know be comfortable in that position so just a matter of time hopefully Morgs, how about uh Matthews's GQ shoot he looked fucking great he he did look good. I was actually just thinking that he was getting some heat on Twitter, but hey, I mean it's GQ. Oh, he looked from he, he looked good. Oh, from hillbillies home. in northern Alberta, give me a fucking break. That kid's a stud, yeah. and, and, and he's he got that stud. he's got that cockiness, but it's you know it's well well earned. But he he keeps it yeah. tight. He's he's a stud. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if he's cocky even, but he, I mean he's got. He's got swagger. unlimited swagger. Yeah, swagger. unlimited swagger. Sorry. Kids are saying, the kids are calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he like rolled into training camp when he was he was eighteen at the time, and you know he, he was like wearing custom suits, and I think he had a rolly and like uh like all this unbelievable gear, and we're like, oh my god, this kid is dripping swag, and so I mean he's an he's an unbelievable player, obviously, so he's kind of earned it. He just keeps proving himself to be an elite uh, player in this league, and he's only—I guess—he just turned twenty. So, um, or no, sorry, twenty-one. So, I mean, he's he's playing well. And he's kind of earned the swag. So, you know, more power to him. He's in GQ. What's next? You know. So we'll see. <laughs> GQ GQ is about as big as you could get. I would say, like, I, I, I think it's as big as you can get in terms of like street cred. Was that GQ Canada? Or is that legit? no? I think that was. I think that's the real deal. Wow. That says a lot. Think, right oh, that's the international one. Whoa. I didn't know. America. That. Hey, so were Connor and him in the same issue? Uh, that I don't know. Oh, they had a, oh, Grinelli's going to hop in here. Different weeks, I believe. GQ got different two weeks. different guys from hockey in two, fucking AGQ. Um, chicklets people. Hey, uh, what are the other guys like? What's Marner like? He's, he's starting to get into the acting and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean Mitch is great. Uh, uh, Mitch and Austin are like are like best friends. It seems like um, I mean they're different personalities, just in the sense that Mitch kind of just bounces around in the dressing room, kind of talking to everyone, and he's always got energy and he always wants to do shit, and um, and he's always a good time. And Austin's a bit more reserved; he's a bit more calm and calculated. Uh, but their roommates on the road still because they're both on on their first deal. And so they're always together and, you know, they're a little different, but I think they both like fashion. They both like kind of going out, just kind of having a good time with one another. So it's cool to watch them grow up a little bit. They came into the league at the same time. So when you watch the dynamic 
um, with the two of them, whether they're on the road or whether it's just a practice day, it's pretty funny. It changes every year. So, um, uh, Mitch definitely has more energy. He's more active and he's always kind of bouncing around the room. He's always dancing to the music and stuff. And Austin's a bit more laid back. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty unique dynamic for sure. So, it's funny. Uh, I mean, now it's your sixth NHL season. It's crazy. I, I feel like you're still, still so young, but uh, I can't really call you a young guy in the league anymore when you're approaching your sixth year. I will call that Rasmus Dahlin young. And just the other night I was watching a preseason game or caught highlights and Patrick Marlowe strips him of the puck, ends up getting a breakaway. Just one of those wily veterans stripping a rookie of the puck, just teaching him a lesson. Is, is yeah. that kind of what it's like with Marlowe all the time? He's doing stuff with you in practice. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's, he's a legend, man. I mean, he's played over 1,500 games. He's got, <laughs> no. he's got like probably over 1,000 points up. I'm assuming. Oh, I don't know that for sure. Easy. Yeah, yeah. No, he's an absolute stud. So to play with him has been pretty cool. I think he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, no? Yep. yep. Oh, for yeah. sure. Morgs, what's he think so, of the shit you guys are playing in the locker room these days? He's got to be shaking his head every tune. No, he's he's like the most easygoing, like chill guy. Him, Austin, Mitch are like, are like triplets. They just hang out together 24-7 on the road. One what? day I was – yeah, yeah. Is, is in, he into the in video playoffs. games and shit too? No, no. But he'll chill with them. Like one day in playoffs last year, we we're in Boston, and I was walking over their room, and and I could hear them yelling in the hallway because I was going to knock on Austin's door because we're going for dinner, and I walk in there, and they're all just like all on one bed, and they're watching a movie and just like joking around. And Mitch and Austin are both like twenty and twenty-one at the time, and Patty's late thirties, and he's just one of the boys. He's just an awesome dude, and hey, I think I, the guys I, really like playing with him. That was like me, Yans, and, and, and Fids. You know, people are probably like, oh, they're all in the same bed. Ugh. It's like, well, how, how insecure can you be? Because you know there's yeah. people are going to say that when they hear this. But I fucking yeah. – I loved it, man. A little slumber party. Yeah. Boys being yeah. boys, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Patty's an unbelievable guy. The boys love him. Um, yeah, like we went out to play the Sharks last year, and it was insane how much the people loved him out there. I guess he was there for like 18, 19, 20 years, something like that. Yeah, so all time. He, was, he, was, yeah. he was scoring like sick breakaway goals for the San Jose Sharks, and you were getting your diaper clean, Morgan. Think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, it's, it's crazy to think about. I used to watch him because I grew up in Vancouver. I used to watch him play the Sharks all the time, and Patty was a stud back then, and how to play with him and the – and I mean, just to get to know him, I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. He's he, like, he's always picking up bills when we go out for dinner. He's like buying the boys wine. Oh, that's just like, oh, just, oh, hey, hey, what, what, yeah. what, what bottles does he get into? Is he get into the the big boy stuff? Biz is like, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, he lives out in Cali, so I think he's got some good man. taste, but last year he, it, I don't know what happened. He, he probably hit a milestone and he, he bought the, like the whole team this wine with the with the team logo on it, and then he was over at my place after the year. We were having some beers at my place after the playoffs, and he came over and he he autographed a bottle of wine, and now it's right here. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy to have it. Actually, the guy's probably going to be first ballot Hall of Fame. So you know, to play with him is pretty fun. And anyway, he's still, and he's still like, and he's still. I think I think he scored 20 last year. He looks unbelievable this year. So. Anyway. Hey, what are the chances uh, you don't crack that thing late night one time and you bring a girl over and that's it's, the only bottle of booze you have in the house? It's, 
I'm shocked it's lasted this long. I'm shocked it's lasted this long. So the fact that I haven't cracked it yet makes me think my willpower is strong enough that I'll leave it. You're like, oh, is it worth disrespecting Marlo or, or should I? I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to wait. Your- I got to wait, I think. No, Ryle. Ry- Ry- I'll get you a cab home. Riles, you're going to have two and two on a Hogan Night in Canada game sat- some Saturday night this year. Be like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be your yeah. milestone. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've waited long enough. My dad was out here during the Rogers Cup here in Toronto, and he was crashing on my place, and I had to text him because I could tell he was getting a, a bit loose. I was like, Dad, there's a really important bottle of wine in there with Patty's autograph on it. Please don't drink it, and thank God it's still here. Um, but, before we before we move on from Patrick Marlowe, I got one question, and that is, this is coming from a guy. Uh, I wore nasty old Eastern skates for about my – entire nine-year NHL career, why is he still wearing those old Reeboks, and how many pairs does he have? Because they stopped making them like nine years ago, I think. He loves them. Uh, he won't change. He's try- he, Well, he claims he's tried to change. I don't know if he has or not, but he's only got two or three left, he said, not including the ones he's wearing now. So he's, he's now doing a rotation where he'll – use his old pair and practice and keep the new ones for games. So I think he's trying to make them last, but I think there, I, I think a time will come where he has to change. He's only got a couple left and judging by how he looks in training camp, he's got, you know, more years left in him. So there might come a time where you see him in Bowers. It'll be, it'll be weird, but you or, know, he's, he's, he's trying to make them last. Or he could be like Wes Waltz, and they find that they stop making those Madonna CCMs. I think those were the skates, and he just shut her down. That could no be way. it. Yeah. Just shut it? I, Wes Waltz, I would love to get him on the podcast. I don't know the exact skate. I'm pretty sure it was like the Madonna tuck or tack. And I, when they were gone, he just quit. That was it. That's all he could wear. Maybe maybe Marlowe's the same friggin' way. That, it, it, it could be because Patty swears by him. I mean, it's, it's obviously all he's ever worn. And he's got like the last – remaining pairs on the planet i'm sure so he's trying to make them last think about muscle memory this guy's had the same pair of skates and the same feeling throughout i mean let's start at his ankles and all the way up to his hips and like all of a sudden you 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 mess with that even by millimeters and that's throwing everything off they they uh i believe the chinese or asian call it uh feng shui (laughs) i I don't know if that's right Shut um, up, Riles. Yes, it is. You want to fuck? You want to go to Grinnell? Hit, hit the Google button. Let's go. Fung this guy's challenging me. I don't think, I don't think it's fucking I'm with you, Riles. Fuck biz. With with um with Patty Marlowe, it's 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 crazy to watch him during games because he'll do that cold tub. Like he'll play two periods, and then every night he'll go for like a whole body cold tub <sighs> between periods, and he's still doing it now. Like he did it last night in Montreal for a preseason oh game. We played God. two periods. And, like, we're looking around for Patty, and he's in the cold tub for a preseason game in Montreal in his 21st year. He's an absolute stud. I mean, not only do I hate cold tubs, but the fact of how much energy it would take to take off your full set of gear and put it back on just to get your legs fresh for the third, fuck that. I'm untying my skates at that point. And that's it. He's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's 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 a wild guy to play with. He's... He's accomplished just about everything except the cops. So hopefully, hopefully you can get that done before it's all it's all over with. You guys aren't getting past the yotes. <laughs> fucking dreaming, buddy. Wit, what's up, buddy? You got something? No, I'm just I'm just curious. Uh, you know, away from kind of the on ice before the season gets going here. What 
What are your summers like besides getting stuck on a boat with Biz all day? Uh, you know, hobbies. Like, wh- where are you at most of the summer? What, what, what's it like for you in, in the off season? Um. Yeah, playing here in Toronto, you like to get away, um, yes. leave town a little bit because it gets a little bit crazy. Morgan um, Riley hates Toronto. Get the blog ready, Grinnells. <laughs> get the blog ready. Um, so, so I moved back to Vancouver, and and unfortunately. Is for whatever unknown reason has chosen that as at its home base during summer. I'm not sure why, but only so place people don't hate my guts. Yet I don't know. That's even up for debate. But um, <laughs> so we kind of trained. We got a group back in Vancouver. We all trained together. There's some nice golf courses out there. There's good fishing. So I mean, it's pretty low key stuff. And then on weekends, I'll oftentimes cross paths with biz and we'll catch up and stuff like that but you'll pay um, for his whole night that's a crossfit at the, yeah. or the, yeah. the juice the juice place where we like to go on saturday nights yeah to stay fresh exactly yeah stay fresh that's right so yeah but i i, I mean vancouver is tough to beat uh, i mean i'm sure biz can probably attest to that it's 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 great weather on the water um and i mean that's where i'm from so i basically just kind of hang out with my high school buddies back there we have a good time for the off season and by the time you get back to toronto um you know it's go time i mean i feel lucky to play in toronto to to keep playing in canada so it's been fun and you know hopefully we can have a big year here well that's the only place you ever get laid anyway um but uh besides (laughs) that uh wit grinnell so eagle energy one of our main one of the main sponsors on this podcast uh, Morgan is very good friends with Elliot, the guy who uh, went to prison for making over a million dollars in fake IDs and then created this genius yeah. of, of doing vapor, uh, what is it, organic caffeine, fucking you to planet fucking Zoltan, whatever you want to say. But uh, talk about your relationship with him and, and how uh, you're basically a scumbag because you're affiliated. Yeah, me and... Uh... Me and Elliot went to school together and played hockey together. Um, he was actually the captain of our, of our Bantam team back in the day, and that kind of crew that we used to hang out with is still pretty tight. So um, Yeah, he might have lost focus was, doing something yeah, highly illegal. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what it was, but he, he strayed from the path a little bit, um, obviously with that ID stuff. And the story he told on here was pretty funny. Um, I don't think it really – hit all the bases i think there was some some parts Whoa. of that story that were lost in translation oh, but, even um, aggressive, more aggressive shit not necessarily more aggressive but i think he was trying to maintain his business image a little bit but but he's still that doing tells well me one thing, that kid fucking hustles and I'm, I'm getting in business with him all day i mean he made a little mistake yeah. when he was younger but imagine the yeah. experience he's gained the Tell me a kid who's who's 18 years old who's made a million dollars other than, I mean, social media wasn't a thing then. This guy made a million yeah. fucking dollars when he was 18. I don't care if it was illegal. You're probably talking guy, to a guy who made a million when he was 18. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right, but other than sports, of course. I mean, come on. Like, in business, yeah. you can't walk into a fucking boardroom when you're 18. You're still fucking, you still have skid yeah. marks in your underwear. Well, at least I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's pretty strange, but I think he came out. Uh, he came out on top. He's got a good, uh, a good business going. Obviously, he's partnered up with you guys a little bit, and he's doing well. So, I mean, good for him. I think when he was going through all that, I, I went to Vancouver when I was playing my first year. I was 19, and I was about to play my first game ever uh, 
in Vancouver. And that's right when all that was kind of not going so well for him. So I was calling so him. So he was at the like, game with an anklet on? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was calling him, and, he, and, and and like he wouldn't call me back. Wouldn't call me back. And like a week later, he called me and explained everything. And you have a collect call from Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, uh, sorry I missed your game, but uh, fuck, I don't know if you heard, but I sold over a million dollars in fake IDs, and uh, he, he may have been in the clink during the game. I don't know if he caught it. Tsunami. The SWAT team kicked it in, had us all locked up. The <laughs> yeah. Kings pointed at so, my eyes. Get on the floor! Get on the fucking floor! Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, one thing that is not brought up about uh, a lot, anyway, is your time with that Team North America when they had the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. And you were on the younger yeah. team, the most exciting team yeah. ever assembled. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, man. We had a good team. Um, it was definitely a weird dynamic, I think, at first, you know, being a mix, being half American, half Canadian. Um, I think the guys were pretty nervous about it, but it was, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. I think it was probably one of the highlights of my career so far playing on that team, even though we didn't win or, or, or even play in the finals. I think that, um, I mean, being a part of a group, but that was pretty fun. Um, just kind of the, the team dynamic at first, kind of the way we really got to know one another was, was very fun. And, you know, we did our mini camp in Montreal, came to Toronto, two pretty good cities. So, I mean, we had a good time, and I mean, looking back at it, I wish we had a chance to play in the final, but it is what it is, and you know, great experience. So, do you remember uh, Johnny Gaudreau eating a ham and cheese sandwich during that tournament at all? Because that's his legit name, Johnny Ham and Cheese. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, I mean, people were calling him that. I didn't know what, what was really? going on. Yeah, I swear, like the Boston guys and stuff, like Ike's would call him. <laughs> shit that I didn't even understand because I didn't really understand like the aura of like Johnny Hockey but he would eat his pregame meals and then like his plate would just be dry like there'd be no pasta sauce on it or like no leftovers anything because all he would eat would be like plain pasta and like bread and then he would go out and he would be absolutely nasty and you'd be like what is this guy doing so he's, he's, he's a debacle when it comes to his off ice nutrition or whatever it is but he's a sick player and playing it's with him is pretty fun hey his body yeah. it can't take in vitamins just strictly like yeah. high carb no sauces no sugars just what a just white white bread and just pasta with yeah no and you sauce. got you got a guy like on the tom brady diet who like can't even get up the yeah. fucking ice and he's just like what the <laughs> fuck yeah he eats a ham sandwich he goes out there he's crossing over stick handling faster than he's crossing over which is insane speed yeah. it's yeah. fucking it's so stupid doesn't make sense yeah that that team was definitely a mix of guys that didn't have huge expectations for our team just based on our age and our experience and and shit and then um just like a mix of guys that were so good, like Matthews and McDavid and McKinnon and stuff. And they were flying around. And then once the tournament got going, we kind of realized that we had a chance to play. And then we beat Sweden in the last game. And, and we kind of were told if we won that game, we would play. Um, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Canada the next day. But it, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It turned out it was, it was, it was goal differential or, yep. or oh, whatever. Shit. And we didn't make it which was brutal, but, um, either way, we had a good time. We had our, uh, mini camp in Montreal, like I said, 
And I think we were there for like a week and a half, and we practiced like three times. So we got to know oh each other pretty God. well. Oh, my oh, man. Wakey, so wakey, I, wakey, I heard – I heard that that uh, like teams that were staying in Toronto were going out every fucking night. Like it was it was like a joke. I was there working. I was out every night. Oh, I was seeing everyone. to put the skates on the next day though. It, yeah, it it was pretty fun. We went to Montreal, and the day we got there, we did our team meeting where we talked about like travel plans and stuff like that. And then right when the meeting was done, all the coaches brought us up to like this rooftop patio of the hotel in Montreal and it was kind of like open bar there's just just kind of like the enjoy your night we got practice tomorrow at like at like yeah yeah we got practice tomorrow at like 2 p.m do whatever you guys are going to do tonight just you know try to get to know one another because at the time we really didn't know any of the American guys so it didn't take long for, for our group to kind of gel a little bit and you know spend a weekend in Montreal I think that'll do it for just about anyone so it was fun the next day of practice, the coaches are like, fuck, what did we do? What did we <laughs> yeah. tell these guys yeah, it's okay? <laughs> what yeah, the hell yeah. is I Riley think they were, there? I think they were kind of regretting it a little bit. Johnny uh, Johnny and the Boston boys were, were setting the pace. And then I think once that first night happened, we kind of rolled with it a little bit. And then once we got to Toronto, we had to dial it in a little bit. Uh, but it was fun, man. We had a good time. That team was so good. Probably the most skilled team most of us will ever play on, and I think it was probably the most enjoyable tournament, most fun, most nights wow. out that we had as a group. Grinnell, sure. next next blog, Morgan Riley rips his teammates that they have no skill. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Morgan, don't don't try to retract on your statement, please. Hey, why number I won't. four? Well, wait, before you um, ask him that, I was going to ask him about that fucking back and forth with all the passing plays in overtime in that tournament. If I had to take yeah. that a clip of hockey and, and sell it to people who would maybe not be interested in hockey, that's probably the clip I would pick. It was like yeah. scoring chances at both ends twice. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was, I was out there at the time. I can't, it was me and Johnny. Humble I can't remember who he was playing with. Uh, maybe Ike's and then. Obviously, Nate ended up scoring um, that goal. That ended up being insane. So that was, uh, I mean, that was a pretty cool moment. And, and, and obviously, once the puck went in, I think that's when we all were under the impression that, I mean, we were playing the next day in a pretty important game. But obviously, that's not how it worked out, which is brutal. But either way, it was fun. And that was a great, uh, great night. I mean, a great experience. And especially doing it here in Toronto, That I, I, I think that just added to it. Well, yeah, the, you could tell the emotion of celebration was that, wow, we just advanced because of that goal. It, it, it was still yeah. nice to capture that moment. It's unfortunate that it, you know, it was good, it was good to sell the game, but uh, hey, thanks for coming, <laughs> you know? Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, basically that's that, how that it goal, uh, Yeah, uh, it's not actually as special as we thought. <laughs> actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we thought we were going through. We thought that it, it would be us in Canada – in the final, which would have been insane, but which obviously would have been that twenty nothing for them. But still being there would have been cool. No, um, wait, no, have another question. No, I think we would have cleaned them. Oh yeah, yeah, you would have cleaned them. You would have just roasted yeah. them. Yeah, you would have cleaned up. Was your that before Matthews had ever played in the NHL too? You would clean up the back of your net with all yeah. those fucking pucks that be back there. Um. <laughs> yeah, at that time Matthews had had no games played in the league, and he was still one of the best players on that team. Wait, it so was, was his? Was that the year that his next game was the first game where he scored four, four tucks in Ottawa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drafted him, and then and then 
the next time I played with him was, was at that training camp for team North America. And then once that was over, we joined our, uh, we joined the Maple Leafs kind of halfway into training camp. And then the next thing you know, he's, he's putting on a show in Ottawa. So it's a pretty quick month for him. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that is a quick turnaround, a quick little warm-up in that tournament with all the high-talent athletes. Got him, uh, got him basically, up. Basically put the whole league in his back pocket at, at the World Cup and then again in Ottawa, Sports Four. Oh, so man. it's pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah, that was gnarly. We got him on the podcast. Not a big deal. Um, Riles, who, who, <laughs> hey, who, hey, what's Kadri like? I, I asked Matthew oh, the same question. God. I'm obsessed who, with this guy. He's not? Nas, Nas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great dude, man. I've, I've I've played with him my whole career, and um, he's like he's like the, I mean, I don't know. He's he's pretty unique. He's not like anyone I've ever played with before. He's he's uh, he's obviously a rat to play against, but he's I mean he's really popular amongst his teammates. He's he's obviously a great player. He's a big part of our team. We had a great year last year. Actually, two years in a row now, he scored over thirty. So. Um, but I think good? when you just kind of chill with them, you know, whether you're golfing with them or whether you're, you're just kind of hang with him, he's, he's always super positive. He's always, um, he's always trying to kind of poke you a little bit, trying to get something going, trying to get a reaction. So he's a cool guy to hang out with. And, um, uh, and he's, I mean, he's really popular amongst the teammates, but you know, not so much with, with the people. You already we play said against, that. Are you but, trying to sell it? You said a tw- you said he's popular with teammates. Twice. Are you really trying to? Are you use car salesman? Are you? Yeah, hey, yeah, blog, yeah. He's actually a scumbag. I'm trying Grinnell, to cover up. Grinnell, chalk it down. Third blog. Morgan Riley hates Nazem Kadri. Um, Big time drama in the room. Can we get any more sound bites off this guy, or uh, are we good? <laughs> hey, hey, Morgan. I, I, I got a question here. Uh, so. I, I love hearing about these kind of stories. So what was it like the first time you met Biz? How did you guys meet each other? And like, what was your first impression of him? I always love meeting my fans. I'm always nice to everyone. The first time I met Biz, um, it was probably during a skate. Cause at the time he was still playing. I think he was probably playing in Phoenix, maybe, or maybe in the minors. I don't know. And he skated he always- before the NHL hour. You motherfucker! I, I, I was doing the public I'm skate. Try, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think who you're playing for. Then were you still playing for Phoenix? Because my first year was 2013. No, he wasn't. where were you he playing? Was playing for like the Wheeling Nailers, dude. Maybe probably, yeah. So we uh, would skate together. Will you skate Biz would be out, out and skate. Yeah, yeah. Biz would be out at skates, and um, and it would be a joke. Like he like he couldn't handle passes. He'd be like a drill killer. But at the same time, we wanted him to come back just because it was comedy. So hey, it worked okay, out well, pretty well. Hey, in the room. Hey, I'll, I'll say this, though. I knew I was in trouble when I came and skated with you and Jordan Wheel. And, like, yeah. 20 minutes in, I'm like, man, I, 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 I won't be able to do an hour of this. And you guys are like, oh, this is a two-hour skate. I was like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, after the hour I was like you guys are on your fucking own man I ain't doing this ever again I never went back to that skate ever yeah. who, who was yeah, running Biz, at the time that was probably Hockey Factory with like with like all the guys no 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 it was, it was Twist maybe something Twist oh the, oh the Twist oh the Twist skates yeah those were those were tough but when we used to do like those games with um oh, you're with talking the Hockey about Factory the, guys yeah yeah, that was 
No, oh, bad ice. There was bad ice with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my yeah. fucking hands. Yeah, so me and Wheeler. Britannia? Did Wheeler know he was going to have to play with you in a few years if if you guys weren't playing already? Because I oh, think yeah. at the time you were probably playing in Phoenix still, and Wheeler was with the Kings, and he was probably playing in, in, in Manchester, right? And then you guys ended up playing with one right. another? Right. And you're yeah. talking about the, the – so the other skates with – as the summer would come to an end, all the Canucks guys started showing up. So the pace would pick up and I would stay in Vancouver till the end of August. And, and I was like, Holy shit, man. Like once the pace picked up, I'm like, man, these guys must think the, the Yotes are like a joke and keeping me on for like a favor. Cause I couldn't keep up with all Cause like Sedin's were still like relevant then as far as like, best. Yeah. so these skates were it's, legit. There were still a couple guys from out of town that were there. Yeah, it's it's brutal. Those skates have gotten big. I mean, I mean, there's more guys that train now in Vancouver than ever, and they're all so good. Like that, Barzell's been in the league oh now. Oh my I mean, god, year two for him. And he, is he, he flies around. And he, we'll be like leaving a skate on Thursday, and he'll be like trying to book more ice on Friday to play three on three. And you like you got to talk him off the ledge. You're like, dude, just go enjoy your weekend. He just loves it, and he's so good, man. He's so good in those skates. He just flies through a neutral zone, and it looks like he's not even trying, but he just blows past you. Hey, so uh, side note. So this kid's the real deal as far as everything's concerned. So I filmed a commercial with him this summer that I haven't released yet for a company that we're eventually going to sponsor on the pod. Uh, I think Lou saw it in, in, in oh, like Biss and Net. No. Yeah, yes, yes. I think I fucked myself with your fucking episode in Biz Nasty Does BC episode two. hundred percent. So, I told I told you I told you he was gonna lose it if uh if you impose his head on a chopper like that, but I guess I mean I guess you got away with one. Right, I know. So now he's kiboshing that one and I've already paid Barzy for the fucking uh for, for, to do the commercial so we just got to paid him to do it yeah, yeah I gave, I was like where's the rest of is uh you didn't pay me to do the the business he does shit, i should not have said that but uh i mean i meant uh, I, I gave him a gift card that's it anyway, that's insane. Um, uh, going back fuck i'll send you a check for a thousand bucks whatever i didn't make shit on that documentary <laughs> anyway anyway you fucking millionaire listen i wasn't finished what i was saying but is is I think he nixed it, but we got to lay possum with it right now and and, and wait because it's not time sensitive. If anything, he's just going to become a better player and it's even more valuable. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I hope you know. Hopefully, this story doesn't fucking like no one goes after him or anything like that. Like Barzi was a good sport and he was unbelievable in the commercial. So I can't wait to show it to you guys. Yeah, he's sick, man. He's so he's so good at hockey. It's insane. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I'm surprised you didn't tell us about the real first skate you had with Biz when you were like, can you give me a co- couple passes for one-timers and one of them hit you in the teeth? The, o- the other one was like flying yeah. past in bed and then you had to pay for lunch? Yeah, no, he, he's a debacle, man. When he comes out to skates, um, it's basically just a comedy act. And, um, you know, I'm happy those days are over that we can just carry on with the skates. Are you without, fucking kidding me? I don't worry about it. What? Come on. You, what? You you think you were pushing the pace at those skates back in, you know, whatever that was? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you Do the you drill. Think you were, it was like a make-a-wish. Where would you rank yourself in, in a, in a mid-July Vancouver skate? 
Oof. Well, dude, the, well here's the, here's the thing, too, is is depends if it was right after the weekend or if it was, like, midweek. If it was a Monday, poof. On, like, all a right, Tuesday. I'll, I'll do the public I'll, skate with the chair. But but by Wednesday, I was <laughs> all right. I could last the whole practice. Okay. We'd still okay, go with the enough. passes. Fair enough. Morgs, uh, do you have a lady? We're going to wrap up here. Anything else you want to talk about specifically? Oh, and uh, I was just going to ask you do, you, do you have a lady right now? Me? Um... No, not at the moment. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> if you say um, no, I'm. A, I can't no. wait to release no, this in a few months, and now and then you do have a girlfriend, and then and then you're getting in trouble for this. That's been pre-recorded. It's tough in Toronto when you're on the Maple Leafs, though. I feel for you. What's going on with you, Biz? I thought I, I thought you had a girlfriend last time I crossed paths yeah. with you in Vancouver. Did you, you have a girlfriend? Off and on, off and on, off and on. It's uh, it, yeah. It, Biz uses her apartment the girl that for you internet. <laughs> Chris uh, doesn't want to pay for his internet and cable, so he goes over there for our podcast. He's actually shut. there right now. I can see her. No, shut the fuck up. I'm not at my girl's. Um, oh, no. But anyway, whatever. We got to wrap. Bring a girl I'm, to, I'm, I'm uh, sick of being made fun of. What were we going to ask me? Didn't you bring a girl to uh, Pemberton Fest that one year? Yeah, that was her. That's her. We've been off and on for that's like three the, years. That's the same girl? Yeah, she's awesome. We just battle. We argue about everything. What are you, my fucking therapist? You want to know everything? I'm just, Can I lie I'm down? Just, here? I'm, just, I'm just asking, man. Yeah, I, well, yeah. What are you fuck? Are you wearing a wire? Are you working for her? <laughs> are you working for her? Just hire you? Her biz. Yeah, he's probably yeah. Well, <laughs> come on, dial it. Miles, thank you so much, buddy. Let's dial it in. We appreciate. Uh, hey, will you come back on this uh, year mid season? We'll get a little catch up once you're. Uh, Heading towards uh, no, maybe a little Norris Trophy action. All right. All right. Sounds good. I'm down. Maybe we'll do a live one when the Coyotes come to town and beat the fucking wheels off the Mayfield. Suck my dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm out of here. See you, buddy. Love you. buddy. Thank you. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. That interview was also brought to you by The Ridge. The Ridge is a minimalist front pocket wallet that helps you reevaluate your everyday carry. Launched by a father-son team and funded on Kickstarter in 2013, the Ridge now resides in the pockets of over a quarter million men and women. The RFID blocking wallet is made by two metal plates, either titanium, carbon fiber, or aluminum, bound together by a durable elastic band. Folks, I have one of these, a Ridge wallet. They're fantastic, man. I see people carrying their social security cards around them, old hotel keys, all garbage like that. First off, you shouldn't even have your social security card anywhere outside your house. That's bad news. Less of all your wallet. The Ridge wallet, man, you could put your ID, a couple of credit cards, just the stuff you need. Like I say, it's minimalist. It's got a leather bi the leather bifolds that menus they're from the Mad Men era. They're nineteen sixty stuff. You want to get rid of that. The Ridge helps you carry less, but you always have what you need. You don't even know what's in your pocket. It's so sleek, the design is perfect, got a couple metal plates. Again, like I said, bound together by a durable elastic band. Looks nothing like a traditional wallet. You can get it in titanium, carbon fiber, aluminum, whatever works best for you. I personally have the titanium one. I throw a couple of credit cards in there, my ID. I'm good to go. I love the stuff, all right? You want to try it out yourself, and you can get 10% off today with free worldwide shipping. That's the best part. So you want to go to ridgewallet.com slash SC. Again, that's ridgewallet. That's R-I-D-G-E for Ridge. Ridgewallet.com slash SC. Use the code SC, okay? That's 10% off. Go ahead and get yourself a new Ridge Wallet now. Big thanks once again to Morgan Riley for joining the show. He's uh, having a hell of a start to his, his year. Hopefully he'll get a little chicklets bump here. He might even tear the league up a little more than he has been. 
but uh, some other news biz coming out of uh, Toronto. You know, Nylander still not signed. Uh, it looks like they might be looking to trade him. What's, what's the deal here, Biz? Fill us in. Like, I don't want to sound too negative on this kid. I just think that he, him and his agent, and I think his old man's probably involved a little bit, they're just overvaluing valuing him a little bit. If they set the tone by giving him too much money, what do you think Marner's going to do? What do you think Matthews is going to do? They need to set the tone by staying firm on this. Uh, obviously, the organization has said that they're going to take teams' best offers right now. I don't know if that's a ploy to maybe just like let him know that they're they're serious about this and in order to play a little bit of a mind game. But listen, the Leafs are in desperate need of another defenseman, which could potentially put that team over the edge. Who knows? And all of a sudden, this guy was playing on a very fun team with guys he liked in an amazing city. And next thing you know, you could end up somewhere you don't like, where there was a better defensive prospect that was going to help the Leafs. And the offer came, and it was really sweet, and they couldn't turn it up because they can't sign you to the number that you think you're worth. And keep in mind, like I, he didn't have a horrible playoff last year, but like he hasn't shown anything that he deserves top-tier money. I mean, like he doesn't deserve pasta money. Can we all agree on that? Probably not yet. Not yet. I don't think, like you said, I don't know if he's proved it at, at that level where he deserves, you know, seven upwards of seven million a year. Yet. Pasta's he, deal he, definitely hurts him. Definitely it, hurts any it, any argument. Kills yet. him. It kills yeah. him. Yeah. What's Pasta making? Six six? No, it's is it even that much, Grinelli? He should. Either listen, way, yeah. I I think Nylander, a, a fair deal would have been just over six. Get the thing signed for long term. And hey, if you think you can go out play that money in the next year or two sign a fucking bridge deal yeah bet on yourself i i bet on yourself here's the thing you know me i i want to see everyone get rich i want to see them all get paid i hope the kid goes on and makes 80 million dollars in my mind though if you if he doesn't play hockey this year he's a moron i mean or his agent's a moron uh when you're i mean yeah you're young so people say well this would be the time to do it but just a year of development I mean, a year of, of, of making money just down the drain, it's just more than anything surprising to me. Yeah, he definitely seems reluctant to, to take a bridge deal, Biz. And by the way, Pasta, pasta is uh, 6.6666666. He's got one of those Whoa, deals. whoa, Jesus, the devil. Jesus. He's got Satan. <laughs> a little church lady action. Um, yeah, he, Biz, he doesn't he wants, he wants to take this uh, a bridge deal. And it, it kind of reminds me a little bit um, of Phil Kessel when he was here in Boston, and he basically knew he he well he had a value in his head what what he thought he was worth, and he really didn't care what team he played for. He just wanted to get that money, and I think we may be seeing a similar thing here with Nylander. At the end of the day, he's he's played three years in the National Hockey League. His first year, he only played twenty two games, so only two full seasons. Like you know, I don't, I don't mean to sound dramatic about this, but this could be colossal to his career. If he ends up sending out, uh, setting out a full year and then let's say he gets moved to a team where now he's in a position where he has to be the offensive guy because he's getting paid like the offensive guy. I mean, this guy played quite a bit with Matthews, man. I mean, he only had fucking 20 goals last year. That ain't, that ain't big boy money yet. Like we're, we're forgetting here. Like his numbers were good. He had 61 points, but that ain't, Coming off your entry-level deal, you're not getting a seven or, or above whatever dream boat he's on. So this is not meant to be negative towards him. I can't stress that enough. This just has to be some type of reality check for this kid to understand they, they, you're not worth what you think you're worth. And that's being said by the fact that the team won't spend it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think – I mean, this hasn't been really hard for Dubas, but 
Kyle Dubas, but he obviously has shown um, what you said, Biz, is, is what he's is probably saying to them is I'm not – you're not breaking the bank because we have plenty of other guys that are – it's all going to hopefully fit in line a little bit. You're gonna, Matthews and Martin are probably going to get more, but still, if he crushes it, like you said, you're screwed. So Guys, if they can't manage that cap and they give Nylander too much and it sets the tone and everyone's asking for too much, it falls on one guy. And it's the fucking GM. And he knows that. And he's got to set the tone now. And that's why this is happening. It's unfortunate for the Leafs organization. But, hey, when you draft so well and develop so well, you're going to eventually have to meet these types of situations. Sorry to drag this one on, boys. I just thought that it's, you know, that we'll probably see it more in the future too. Yeah, you know, probably overestimating their leverage a little bit. Like I said before on the show, the old man did the same thing a couple times. He held out a few times. But you know what, Biz? What it could end up doing, a ripple effect, it could end up creating a roster space somewhere. And who knows, Jalen Ramsey might have a team to play for after a little bit of training, eh? <laughs> I mean, you guys saw his passing in one tee's not bad. I mean, we're going to have to get the – Dude, the it was down. good. What a, what a beautiful segue there. I know that was a great segue. He looks like right. a, just an athlete, Biz. Like his shot was actually good for the. I mean, he's never taken a shot before, right? Yeah, and and then I was giving him tips. So you'd imagine if someone half decent was was teaching him how to hold the thing, he, he would have been a lot better. But he's uh, like, dude, I don't know hockey, but you don't sound like you know what you're talking about. He's like, man, he's like, you look like an asshole when you're shooting that puck. Uh, <laughs> but. It, uh, I can't stress enough. He was such an amazing guy. Him and his girlfriend came. Uh, we had such a blast. The The video came out. It was just over six minutes long. You know, I, I it's, a, it's a little more PG than what I'm used to. Like, I like, like to drop F-bombs, and, and I'm a little more vulgar and stuff that I get to do. But, you know, of course, at the NHL, they, they, uh, they you know, it's a little bit PG-13 and more for families. But, you know, hopefully everyone enjoyed it and got a, a few laughs out of it. And, and I'm looking forward to doing more and uh, – Hopefully we can incorporate some more celebrities. That'd be uh, that'd be nice. Maybe we can get uh, Mikey's mouse out to a, a, a Ranger game or something. He just ran out of my room, boy. So I think we think we might. Yeah, be good. He was listening to us for long enough. He's like, "Get me the fuck out of here." He's my roommate's problem now. <laughs> uh, did you guys get to see that uh, video of PK Subban just laying into that guy from Colorado? Yeah, hysterical. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. It was Zadorov, right? Yeah, Zadorov. He's not terrible, though. No, he's a decent player. It was a great shirt because even if he's not terrible, people were just dying laughing. <laughs> you got the I, can't imagine, I can't imagine much much people out east know who Zadorov. They like you know they, they he, he's, kill, they he murders people though, kills people, killer truck. Grinelli, want to play that audio so the, the the listeners can hear it in case they missed it. Yeah, so pretty funny stuff there from PK. I mean, call himself a pussy, but then mushing a guy's face. But you are terrible, and, and it's painful for me to watch. That's fucking. That's some tough stuff to hear uh, as an opponent, man. Oh, I just I heard so much. May, you know, everyone. You remember when Brad May came on? He told you what he used to tell me. Holy fuck! How do you skate around with shit in your diaper, Whitney? <laughs> <laughs> so you hear those? You're just like, God damn it! I wish I was tough as shit. Oh, Which actually, business fists. Hey, guys, before we go any further, I wanted to chat with you for a second about Burst. There's a high, fo- uh, there's a high fog advisory today at Barstool Sports, and it's brought to you by Burst E-Liquid. We're excited to an- announce our partnership with Burst E-Liquids. Everyone knows we're big vape guys here at Chicklets, and thanks to our friends at Burst E-Liquid, great guys. Their products are the perfect solution for the nicotine crave. 
These guys established it in 2015. Burst E-Liquids has quickly become the most sought-after E-Liquid brand in the country. And now at Barstool Sports, it's our E-Liquid of choice. And again, I told you before, I know these guys, the, the guys who started this company, fantastic people. So if you're supporting the product, you're supporting some nice guys. And they, what they want to do basically is get everybody off of cigarettes. I mean, people like nicotine, they're going to want to get the fix. You don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. They're gross. They smell disgusting. Nobody wants to deal with ashtrays. Nobody wants to kiss ashtrays. That's why you want to get on the burst e-liquid train. We wouldn't want you to vape anything else. Vape, I'm sorry, Burst is so satisfying, you'll never even want to smoke cigarettes again. Again, they're disgusting anyways. Burst e-liquid, it's an award-winning premium e-liquid line with 14 flavors, sure to make you kiss those cigarettes goodbye forever. Whether you're into rich tobacco flavors, nostalgic fruit buns, or a chilling menthol, Burst e-liquid is your choice when looking for an all-day vape. We've tried some of the flavors ourselves, and they're outstanding. I'm a big strawberry guy myself. You want to check them out today at vapeburst.com. You want to go ahead and use the promo code CHICKLETS to get 25% off plus free shipping on your order. That's incredible. 25% off. Again, use the promo code CHICKLETS at vapeburst.com and have a good day. Boys, this is kind of a side note. So uh, I went to this party that I was telling you guys about last night, and there was this guy there who had the hairiest knuckles I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, That's it, a tough it, look. No, I, I mean, whatever. He's a fucking manly man, right? He's a hairy dude. So it reminded me of the story when I was playing with the Arizona Coyotes. We used to have the security guard. When you would walk in the rink, he would always give you the knuckles. But this guy had the hairiest knuckles, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this, like is gonna Keith. this is going to involve Keith. This is going to involve Keith Yandel. Uh, well, yeah, he, well, he was a part of it, of course, right? So, so we always used to give him the knuckles. And, but, like, they're so hairy that, that you had to have noticed how hairy they are at some point because you'd look to, see, to, to make the knuckles, right? You got you to gotta get eye contact on the knuckle. So assuming that I was the only guy getting knuckled when I was coming in, I thought we were like boys and we had like a special bond. Well, apparently he was knuckling everyone on the way in, right? So one day, Radoslav Klesla is taping a stick in the middle of the room. And uh, he's like, hey, he's like, you guys ever get uh, knuckles from the, the security guard? That's how Rusty Klesla talks. And we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's like, man, does that guy have hairy knuckles? <laughs> So the fucking whole room bursts out laughing because everybody's getting knuckles by this guy. And, and like nobody every, had talked about it, though? Everybody had obviously noticed it. That's why the room erupted. So, like, it, it was funny because it was in our year when we were having our, our playoff run. Like, it was leading up. So the season was going well. And we were having fun. And, like, dude, like, in the locker room, it became a thing where, like, we'd be like, let's fucking go, boys. Like, let's do it for Harry Knuckles. Come on. Like, let's fucking – so we, we rallied around this guy. He's, like, the nicest guy in the world, too. He still works there as the, the security guard when, for the away team as you're walking in, but he would always knuckle us. So, sure enough, like, obviously that had kind of wore off, and it was the next year. Well, the fucking start of the year Halloween party, Radoslav Klesa comes in with a fucking security outfit, <laughs> and he's got fucking <laughs> hairy knuckles. Like, he obviously taped, like, a wig's knuckle, like, the hair on his knuckles. And, dude, if, if everybody was in tears when this guy walked in. That so, makes you want to hang out with Klesa. Oh yeah, like obviously Yans was was like, oh dude, he's like, I fucking know, I noticed that. I'm surprised he gave you guys. Everyone thought they were special and they were the only one getting knuckles from Harry Knuckles. But uh, <laughs> I just figured I'd bring that up and shout out to our boy Harry Knuckles with the Arizona Coyotes organization. He's uh, he's a beauty and he's the man. Biz, there was a time you were struggling. You're just like, well, man, at least I got that guy that like I'm his favorite player. I get his hairy knuckles, and you find <laughs> out he gives it to everyone. You have nothing. Yeah, oh, it's like it's like finding out like a 
you switch barbers and your barber being pissed. I felt like he was cheating on me. I was like, I thought you were my hairy knuckle guy, Harry Knuckles. <laughs> we got, we got to make a movie about Harry Knuckles. Uh, reminds me of that joke in that. Was it forty year old virgin? You're, you're hairier than Robin Williams' knuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's oh. a, that movie's hilarious. So, sorry for for pouncing in there with the hairy knuckle story, boys. No, I think we, we did we set a record though. I've seen hairy knuckle that. about twenty times now. Um, one other big story last week. I, I I did a little digging, and that's to say, a reporter did a lot of digging, and, and I read her story. Uh, Katie Strang of the Athletic, one of the great hockey reporters out there. She's been around for a long time. She she did a dig a deep dive on the Senators Uber. Uh, fiasco last week and I thought it was interesting I remember Biz you asked me what do you think the guy got paid and I speculated five figures as we were all assuming he got paid well uh, according to this article uh, reading between the lines it seems like this guy was just pissed off um, basically what? yeah I, I, this is what happened how it transpired uh, he took the video he, he uploaded it to the YouTube account he sent the YouTube link to the Ottawa Citizen reporters via Twitter and his his what's key to this he referred to the players as quote cheap entitled kids end quote so it sounds like he wasn't satisfied with the tip or lack thereof for the two mile ride and at the end of the video i didn't catch it but at the end of the video it ends with him saying fuck you into the camera after being nice to these guys so it sounds like this fucking driver who by the way had a little bit of a record he'd been arrested a few times just misdemeanor oh, oh, so this is my surprise people face. are starting to dig up the dirt on him eh? exactly a little disorderly conduct um, but it doesn't look like anyone fucking paid him. It looks like he was pissed off. Wow. Uh, he did this on his own volition, like just sue these guys because, again, either they didn't tip him or they didn't tip him what he deemed appropriate. And by the way, the whole fucking appeal to Uber from the beginning was that you didn't have to tip. So, I mean, well, I, now they give you the option, right? And he's probably hearing them blab off about being professional athletes. And the minute he doesn't get that tip, he's already got in his mind he's getting a nice crisp 20. Hundred percent. I mean, keep in mind what was there six six professional athletes in the car? So the minute he doesn't get tipped, dude, it's yeah, he's going off the rails. That's, I saw that I, at I, the end. I was wondering if the, if that was because they didn't tip him. I didn't think it was because that. I would just have thought been, he was that, a Coyotes fan. That would have been like usually I kind of forget even at the end, and then it pops up later like on my app, and then I'll be like, oh, but they obviously had done it right then if that's what he saw when he dropped that f bomb. I love how I don't say the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Classic. Trying I, to be I, better. Has it been I, better? Have I been swearing a lot this episode? No, not at all. I have been. Yeah, I'm making a no. You haven't either, Biz. I haven't noticed. Um, oh, what did I have to say about uh, the Ottawa thing? Ah, forget about, it. Uh, we actually, I think I know what you were talking about. We'll get to that in one sec. But basically, uh, I don't. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if you if you noticed. Uh, Duchesne was the only player in the cab to actually give a quote. Uh, he he mentioned the apology. He apologized to the coach, and then he said, "That's all I can really say right now." Uh, so it is possible, and the, it may still happen, the, that they could take legal action for, for what this guy did. Uh, and again, per Katie Strang in The Athletics, she said that the NHLPA is, quote, looking into potential options to address this privacy violation, end quote. Uh, and what's funny is the Sens were actually given a heads up by the reporters. And how do the Senators repay the Ottawa citizen? By not letting the reporters tra- reporter travel with the team anymore. Uh, a little bit of a payback, which sucks for the reporter because it's not the reporter's decision to run it. That happens from an editor or hire. So now they're penalizing this reporter because of, you know, what the higher-ups did. Uh, so basically, the driver looks bad. The players don't look any worse or whatever. It just looks like this driver was pissed. He didn't get a tip he wanted and fucking sued them online. The world we live in now. Yeah, I think it was a, maybe a, a dumb move bringing attention back to the story without letting the guy on the flight. That seems to be 
most people's uh, opinions as well. Just kind of putting gas on the fire. Once it kind of died down, it just all of a sudden it's being talked about again for another full news cycle. So uh, that's a tough one. Hopefully uh, they can uh, have some more positive things, but they have been winning a little bit since it happened. So maybe we talked about it. Maybe it sparked the team. That was their little chicklets bump, I guess. Yeah. How about my, how about my pick of Toronto on Saturday night on Twitter? Against the Bruins, that was a good call. Did you not know Spox was starting? Or did, did I did, but I just think the Bruins have looked so – that Vancouver game, they looked so bad. And the Toronto had busted up Jersey Friday night. It's just I'm, so, I'm such a joke. Boys, I know I, uh, I know I stroke off the Arizona Coyotes a lot on this. I just figured I'd mention a crazy stat with them. They now have nine shorthanded goals on the yeah, season. Yeah, that is. That's insane. It's nuts. It's, it's clicking at better than half the league's power play, or at least it was uh, coming into to tonight's game where they now beat uh, Washington Capitals 4-1. So they've been playing some good hockey. They unfortunately blew, blew the lead the other night in Philly when they were up 4-2. But nine shorties, the last two came on the exact same uh, – uh, yeah. power play for Philly too, which was even crazier. And uh, all right, you want to hop in here? Yeah. I, excuse me. I had a question uh, for you, Wits. Did, were you playing with Jay Pandolfo, who Jay Pandolfo won two cups with the Devils. He's assistant coach for the Bruins. Now, did you know, did you know, or were you actually in the game Wits, when he scored a, a natural shorthanded hat trick? Whoa. What? Did he? That's yeah. insane. My next yeah. door neighbor growing up. It was oh, uh, he's the, he's the best guy. Mighty Mouse over yeah, there. He's piping a pro's in. pro. <laughs> I bet you Jay Pandolfo ain't scared of a little mouse. Yeah, Wits. It was uh, November 4th, 1995 versus Northeastern. He scored three straight oh, goals no, for BU. No, no. I'm sorry. I thought it was in the NHL. He's, way, he's older than me. Dude, I scored fucking three shorthanded in Bantam. I thought we were talking about the show, no, dog. Come no, on. I, I, got no, I, well, I, I got to the second part of the sentence first. No, it was versus Northeastern. Well, that's why I asked Whitney if, if he played with him then. I know they no, didn't. I play never played with him. I never played with him at BU. He was before me. Should have been implied, I guess. Now, okay. saying that, even though it's college, that's still very, very impressive. Oh, that's insane. I mean, I had a hat trick in college. Yeah, it wasn't shorthand. No, you didn't, did yes, you? Yes, I did against Can Yale. We... And another and Ke- another defense on team, Kevin Schaefer, Rob Scuderi's brother-in-law, actually. Um he uh, he had one also. I think it was the first time two BU defensemen have ever had a hat trick in the same deal. Oh yeah, same game. I already said deal because I'm there. Not a big deal. Well, well executed. I said deal too early because I was so fired up to say not a big deal. Biz, can we get into uh, for everyone that's that's uh, listening right now? We have a big thing going on with Budweiser, and even Ra Grinelli and myself don't know what's going on. So, Biz, can we uh, hear all about what what our deal is? Boys, it's Selly season. I talked a little bit about uh, the campaign they're running through us, and uh, we're going to start it off by just talking about, so far this year, the best uh, Sellys in the league. Um, and, and, of course, as the campaign runs on, we're going to do more fan interaction, more engagement on social media with everyone. Uh, they will be giving out prize. Uh, we have the, the Budweiser light, the goal light, which I'll be giving away uh, – giving away mine which was sent to me actually by uh, Wayne Glensky he sent me it for the last campaign there they did with Budweiser uh, I, I believe the guys uh the guys who uh Ole and something the, the guys from Calgary who do the stuff with the NHL you guys got to help me out here with beyond their name. the bench guys beyond the bench guys they were actually in the commercial as well so uh this is gonna be the Sally season campaign um, we're going to debate today though, as I said, we're going to debate which ones have been the best celebrations so far this year. Uh, I'm going to tee you guys up to me. 
I think it's been when Kane and Matthews, well, Matthews kind of mocked the Showtime celebration, and then sure enough, Kane right after scored, and he fucking went right back at Matthews with his own celebration and, and got the crowd going. What did you guys think about that one? Oh, it was great stuff. I mean, it was dramatic theater, and, and it, there was no, like, vindictiveness to it. To it. They were kind of laughing about it. I mean, as, as competitive as they were being, there, it was a fun element to it. Uh, my pick, I think it may have been preseason, but nonetheless, it was, it was great, it was our Ryan Johansson's walk-off right through the Zamboni doors, ends the game. Boys, open the door. We're fucking out of here. And he screwed that way. I, I, th- I think that was my favorite so far th- thus far. I think Budweiser Canada would, would agree with you on that one. That was one of the ones that got brought up on the phone call to, to pitch this campaign, of course. Wait, do you think it, it, it's tough because it's preseason and, and not as much as on the table, even though it was an unbelievable celebration by Johansson? Or Johansson, yeah, I should say. It doesn't take away from the fact of how good the Selly was. It's just that it, it won't get remembered, you know, I think long, long after um, this year just because it was a preseason game. That just, it just changes, like, how – famous it'll be in people's mind i guess or how how easily people remember it but matthews going back to the other one matthews has made it clear he's he loved he, he, the last year with the goal point um when he scored like the ref that unreal picture he he's had some classic ones so that yeah that was definitely the top one this year though oh and that one was a little petty too because they called off a goal yes, of his just yes. before that so he's basically right in the ref's kitchen saying hey is this one all right does that one count <laughs> yeah <laughs> What, uh, any, any other ones you could think off the top of your head, uh, Grinnell, this well, season that you've seen so far? Well, what's cool is, so, I, like, with the Spit and Chicklets Instagram, ever since we've that Ryan Johansson goal happened, we've been getting a ton of Sally's DM to us of people doing what they're calling the Ryan Johansson, which is scoring the game winner and get, getting right off the ice. Like, we got one the other day from the Maine Mariners of the ECHL, and lo and behold, the guy scores the game winner – Gets right off the ice. The whole team follows him. It was, it's, it's pretty crazy, like the trend that Johansson started. Okay, so now I guess my question to you is, much like a pizza review, what would you rank? We're going to do both Matthew celebrations. We're going to bring it back because that was a good uh, blast from the past, Wit. What would you rank them out of 10 uh, Selly season lights, the Budweiser Canada lights? The goal, the, the goal ones, what would you rank that out of 10, Wit? You can go with both Matthews and then Johansson's. Uh, wow. Um, I'm going to go the one this year with Kane. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a tough tough uh, judger, grader. I'm going to go that was a 7.8. Uh, last year's goal point, that's an 8.7, 8.6. And I believe, notice we're going, uh, we're going uh, pizza review decibel points. Um, and that or decimal bulls the the yeah stay hot with either way um, the the, <laughs> third, the the third one the third one is uh what was the third one Johansson's. oh Johansson's Johansson's uh that's right in the mid eights for me as well maybe eight point two just because it was preseason whoa whoa you're putting the point above all of them I'm putting the point as the top one yes the best selly okay well in terms of those three yeah the point was just perfect timing. Perfect execution. I mean, and there was Budweiser a, a Canada would Budweiser Canada would probably agree with you because it's in Canada and, and the Leafs and everything and that tie-in. All right, let's get an unbiased opinion from you. Unbiased, ha <laughs> ha. Um, the Kane celebration, you know, as cool as it was, you got to probably take a little bit of points off for originality because he's, you know, basically taking the other guy's move. I gave that a seven point two. Uh, the one from last year was 
you know, pretty decent 7.8. I like the Johansson one, man. I I think it was just the finality of it. Like it was a game winner. The game's over. So that gets a little bit of a bump on my end. Uh, I gave that an an 8.2 for for Joey's goal for celebration. Yeah, considering it started a bit of a viral trend, and that's the whole purpose of this uh, Budweiser Canada campaign and the whole Selly season. And uh, by the way, when we're going to be engaging with our fans and doing this, it's uh, Selly, so C-E-L-L-Y. And all these kids are spelling season S-Z-N. So you don't have to spell it season. It's just – it's like the Johnny Menzel thing. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Ass-eating season. Yeah, like ass-eating season, but not that because Budweiser Canada is probably not going to be happy. We dropped an ass-eating comment in their ad. But, uh, no, so – you know, I'm, I'm going to give the Johansson one an 8.9 on the goal lights. And then I'm going to, I'm going to give it just below it, the Matthews and Kane, just because of the theatrics. I'm going to give that an 8.6. And then the, the Matthews goal point, just I'm not a big petty guy, you know. So I'm going to give that just a flat 8 on that one, 8.0. But what I'm going to ask from all you fans in order to win uh, these, uh, these, goal, these goal lights is I want you guys to, to tweet us your best uh, or your favorite celebrations from the season, from your favorite players on your favorite teams that we're probably not bringing up in this conversation. I want you to tag, tag Selly Season. I want you to tag Budweiser Canada. And uh, I want you guys to, to write which one and even send the video of the, of the Selly from them. And, and we're going to pick a, a few of the winners. We're going to send some, uh, some spit and chiclet swag. We're going to send some Budweiser uh, Canada swag. And of course, we're going to uh, pick a couple lucky winners who are going to win the, the goal light. And then as this campaign keeps going, we're going we're gonna to up the ante. We're going to be talking about different celebrations and we're going to be offering uh, some better prizes. So uh, keep in mind, there's only a few goal lights don't be tweeting me that you, you, you should have won because you had a better thing. Listen, we got to pick a couple, and that's how she rolls. But uh, thank you to Budweiser Canada for jumping on board, and uh, we're excited to uh, get involved with, in Selly season with you guys and, and engage our fans. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our friend of the program, Johnny Walker's rowboat celebration. I know Whoa, it's not late edition. But uh, yeah, I know it's, he's not in the NHL yet, but he, he, he kept a little momentum going and went down the ice, rode his ass like he was doing either a kayak or a rowboat. Fantastic celebration. That well, how many, how, many, uh, what, how many points would you give it? How many goal lights? Oh, fuck, man. Jeez, uh, I know it's been done before. He wasn't completely original, but I, I still got to go uh, a 9.1 for that, man. That was just a, a fantastic move. Do they penalize yeah. you for that in college, Grinelli? Well, they can't because it was an OT winner. Ah, there you go. Good call. Wit, you know, before we go, Wit, the backstory on it was the fact that some guy who scored for the other team got a little cocky in his celebration, and that's when Johnny Walker looked over to his teammate and said, we're going to fucking score, and I'm going to, I'm going to go right – I think he said he was going to go either bench and do it, but uh, obviously when things happen, the wires cross, and he, he went a little crazy and ended up doing it right to the student section. Johnny Walker, that I just his name is just talk about a money name, especially for hockey. Just sounds like such a veteran. He's only in college. He must be crushing it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, all right, boys. That was uh, all right. Do you have something? I just wanted to talk to you guys for a second about hymns, uh, guys. 
you know, sexual performance issues. Uh, we talk about a lot of things on the show, and, and that's another one we like to talk about, although guys don't usually like too often because, you know, over 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, that's not what we usually say here. 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain a Woodrow, uh, and Hims is here to fix that. You know, even the world's greatest actor can't fake one. Guys do turn to some weird solutions or not at all when you can turn to medicine and science. That's what 4hims.com is for. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, you know, there's all well-known generic equivalents out there to brand-name prescriptions to help you combat ED, and that's what Hims is for. No snake oils, no gas station supplements, none of that garbage that you're putting in your body. Best part, too, is no waiting room, no doctor visits, no nurses coming in to check your blood pressure, none of that garbage. You save hours of time at 4 It's so easy. You answer a few questions, chat with a doctor confidentially. The products get shipped directly to your door so nobody knows, you know, if you have a little issue. None of anybody's business. ED is not just an issue for rich old guys in bathtubs. It affects guys in their 30s and 40s. Nothing embarrassing about it. You can fix it with hymns, all right? Being your best means performing your best. And it's erectile without the dysfunction. Or as they say, hard made easy. Say hello to your little friend. So try hymns for a month today for just $5. We'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Not at 4Hims, though. Go to 4Hims.com slash hockey. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash hockey. 4Hims.com slash hockey. Second, I just want to give a shout out to uh, the American women. Uh, they beat the Canadian women in the Four Nations Cup. Five to two Saturday night. They've beaten, well, of course, they beat them in one of the greatest Olympic games ever back in the winter. Uh, so shout out to the American women. Five two victory over Canada. They, they've won uh, six of the last eight Four Nation Cups. So we want to give the ladies a shout out for continuing to dominate our neighbors from the north on the ice. Uh, rub it in, boys. You guys Suck got three, one, all three three Americans I'm, I'm dealing with here. Suck uh, on boys, that one. Uh, to go back to Selly season, another thing too is we'll be posting an Instagram video uh, describing you know what prize you can win and what exactly we're looking for you. And the, the best comment on the Instagram post is also going to win a prize. So look out for that. Hashtag Selly season. Uh, looking forward to engaging with uh, all our fans and, uh, and and giving you guys some cool stuff. Yeah, that's that's going to be money. Sally season's on. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of uh, goals, uh, the goalies, ones who are, are letting these ones in, uh, there have been some noise about them complaining about the smaller equipment. And uh, Kevin Weeks had a very interesting tweet. Um, if you don't mind reading it for me, Grinelli, and if you're not ready for it, uh, I'll, I'll keep talking about the situation. But long story short is, you know, these players' shots are getting harder and harder, and they're they're asking these these guys to shrink the gear up because they want to entertain fans with more goals. Now, this brings up a massive debate, and it's going to keep happening until either or is addressed. Uh, do they make the nets bigger? And my first opinion would be like, Every other record has been shattered if, if, they, if they change anything. It's, there's got to be an asterisk. I mean, I know see you shaking your head, R.A. You seem like a more of a traditionalist than me. W- would you agree with what I'm saying? I don't think they should shrink the nets. I think that's just too – No, no, no. They would make them bigger. I'm sorry. I'm, st- I'm looking at the equipment that's shrinking. Yeah. Many oh, well. nets. How are you? Um, actually, I, I did read a story. The NHLPA once pulled their goaltenders. Uh, would you prefer bigger nets or smaller equipment? And, 
it was unanimous. Every goalie said they wanted small, they preferred small equipment to larger nets. And I think, yeah, I think you're almost like rebooting the game when you, when you're given a net that big, go ahead, Grinnell. You got Kevin Weeks's tweet. So yeah, I have Kevin Weeks's tweet right here. And he says, per what's been reported as prototype, smaller catch glove. That's in discussion for next season. It's not opinion. I speak from factual science and experience. Last time the NHL reduced diameter by only three inches to 45 inches. Me, Brodor, Kolig, me, Brodor, and Kolig needed surgery for a ruptured bicep tendons. I don't know what the measurements exactly meant. Uh, he might have sent out the wrong measurement because the three three inches to 45, I don't know what that means. Maybe goalies do. But, uh, Wit, like, I mean, that's a goalie talking with first, first-hand experience. Like, wh- what do you think? I was with him um, last week, and he uh, – who took one in the collarbone? Oh, Markstrom took one in the collarbone. It was in the shootout. And then also another tender took one on a complete muffin, um, like just a, a wrist shot. And Weeks, he was fl- kind of flipping out. He's like, somebody's going to get somebody's gonna get really hurt. This is a joke. And a lot of the goalies are pissed off. So – I mean, when safety's involved and then they're trying to get the goal scoring on the other end, it is kind of a vicious, um, touchy sure. subject just because where do you go from here? I am someone that firmly is against making the nets bigger. I, I don't like that idea. I just, I, I'm, I'm with you, Biz, that it changes the entire history of the game. No numbers mean anything. Other people who argue say, who gives a shit? It's about product and current day. Records are made to be broken. But I don't know. For me, I'm a, you know, I'm a naturalist. Is that the word? I'm, I'm old school. I want the nets the same size. I like how they're the same size. It's back when Bobby Orr was skating around and same with Eddie Shore. The net was always the same size. So keep it the same size. And goalies, I do actually feel horrible if somebody gets hurt. So they, they got to figure something out. I, I don't know. Hey, I, have, I, I have nothing to say. I have hey. no really answers. Right, and and that's why I brought it up. I feel like the NHL is in tough, tough, such a tough spot with this because there is no right answer. Every either either way, you're going to get yelled at by one side. Like I sympathize for goalies if they have to wear smaller gear because, like, at the end of the day, are 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 records and asterisks more important than people's health? And I, I and that's not an over exaggeration. Like these guys are just like eating pucks in their collarbone. Like I mean, Weeksy and and the other guy. Uh, I forgot the name he, he mentioned in the tweet, but you know, these guys had to get surgery and, and deal with pain and rehab just based off smaller, smaller gear in order to help entertain fans. But in, in the meantime, in order to help grow the game, people want to see more offense and, and more goals. And I know there's some people out there saying, no, like it's fine. Like a, like a two, one game's fine. Good goaltending. Right. But in order to grow it and, and, and this is a business, I mean, something at some point has to bend or break, and it's going to be a very difficult decision to make, and, and, and ultimately not everyone's going to be happy about it. So that's why I figured I'd bring it up. Yeah, just to let listeners know in case they weren't, it was this season they they made they streamlined is the word they used. They streamlined uh, chest and arm pads, and they want the equipment to be tighter to the body. So it's basically they want the goalie to make the save rather than the equipment to make the save. In other words, just positionally, a guy's pad is going to be out there, but they want – you know these pads closer to the body, so that the basically the goalie have to do more has to do more work uh, to make a save. And there was a, a big scoring boost earlier in the year, but that has tapered off a bit. I think that was just you know kind of happens early in the year. A lot of teams are scoring, but uh, it seems like things have kind of re- regressed back to the mean scoring wise. But 
I, I think goalies are always going to, you know, want as much pads as they can get. I mean, that's, you know, they're stopping the puck. If you're going to give them an, another wrench or two on the pads, by all means, they're going to get pissed if you take it away. Yeah, maybe we can actually get a goalie, a current guy on, who could come on and really explain the situation. I don't know if they want to. Maybe right now they're trying to keep things low and figure it out with the PA and stuff, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, so we got nothing else, right, boys? Well, I just I was just going to bring up a quick uh, a subject. Um, I don't think this has ever been mentioned, but does Brett Hall remind you of like the John Daly of hockey? And and I, I would say a way more uh, decorated career. But I feel like he's the the one guy that that everybody would pick. Like I want to drink and and have that guy tell hockey stories to me. And I know we've been talking about him a shit ton on the podcast because there is a lot of funny stories about him. But do you do you get that that kind of vibe from him? I don't know. I think of John Daly and I think of like more of how much of a mess he is. I know he would say anything and he was hilarious and people love him, but I don't know. I don't, I think more of Brett Hall is just like funny. Um, and, but I, I don't think of him as like Daly is like battling like all this other shit. I don't know. That's just my initial thought, but I do think that they remind me, me in terms of they don't give a fuck. Right. Brett Hall, Brett Hall, everyone already kind of knew how much of a legend he was, but the stories we've gotten in the past couple of months, now people are just fiending for him. So I'll be interested to see what he thinks when he finally comes on. And I could tell him that you call him John Daly-ish. Well, and that's the thing too, is it wasn't meant as an insult. It was meant of more the positive aspects of the fact that everyone just thinks he's a legend and like w- wants to sit and have a beer with him. Like, like I'm not going to lie, boys. I'd rather have that as a compliment than like, oh, he was a sick player. Obviously, if he, he had that <laughs> d- the decorated career that was, I, was far, I would say, far superior than John Daly's as a PGA golfer. But just the, the overall aura about him off the ice is similar to John Daly's where you hear about all these legendary stories and, and, and you don't even know if they're fully true, but who cares? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of similarities, uh, Biz, but I, I agree with Wits. There are some, I guess, darker elements to Daly. I mean, you know, he, I think he's had uh, mentioned addiction issues, and it was that time he was basically had to leave the course because he had the shake so bad. There have been some stories with Daly that aren't always that happy and cheery, whereas with, with Brett Hall, they always seem to be funny and, and revolving around having a good Yeah, I hope people don't take that in the, in the negative context because I, I meant it all in the positive way of, of how big of a legend he is. So, uh, oh, hey, and, and people are going to think I brought that, that up just to drop the story in. I, I ended up going on a date with uh, Paulette Daly, one of John Daly's ex-wives when I was playing here with the Arizona Coyotes. Well, it was Phoenix Coyotes at the time. And, oh, boy, not uh, – <laughs> uh, I'll give her uh, – I'll give her like a 9.7 go, uh, goal lights from the Selly season on the crazy, crazy bracket. <laughs> just a complete gamer? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, not like that. Okay. Just like the date didn't go well. I mean. Uh, the hell of a yeah. segue to get to that, huh? Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> uh, oh, that's beautiful. But they obviously beautiful. weren't together. And yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what number wife that was either, so. <laughs> Uh, when you can't figure out like how many number of wives you've had, you probably like have to stop getting married. People I see get married like, let alone twice, let alone five times. Are you kidding me? How fucked up do you have to be to get married five times? Uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a little wacky. Um, 
All right, well, before, before we finish this episode, we're kind of going to get into a little, I mean, I guess it's a little different. We'll get a little bit more serious, but we're recording um, on obviously Sunday night, which is Veterans Day. Um, I think that we would be remiss uh, and we would be foolish to not, to not talk about the veterans and kind of what they mean to us. Biz, also, is today or tomorrow Remembrance Day in Canada? Yes, yeah, on on Monday, correct. Okay, so oh, all right, so I think uh, we have Veterans Day will be observed tomorrow, but um, either way, Canadian and American veterans. I just wanted to kind of say uh, how much we appreciate and we think of you, and we're honored that occasionally, not only that, uh, occasionally we hear about some veterans who listen or enjoy this show, but more than anything, what they do. Um, I mean, these are people that that put their lives on the line to, to protect our freedoms and and the way we live, and they've dedicated their entire lives um to to our you know our country the u.s and canada and they they deserve just to be thought of and and recognized and and be talked about um and personally um i i just had two guys that i wanted to quickly bring up that uh, i met through good friends of mine that now they've become i'd like to say they're good friends um and they'll kill me. They'll be so furious. I, I, I bring this up, but on today and with all the, and I think everyone out there knows people that they want um, to be able to talk about. And these guys can be pissed off at me, but they deserve it because they, they both are heroes. And the first guy is a guy, um, hell of a guy, Chris Peltier. He went to Bowdoin with my buddy, Chris Donnelly. They became great friends. This kid actually went to Bowdoin and broke the freshman scoring record. He got 20 tucks his freshman year at Bowdoin. So he was a very good player. And ironically enough, um, I'll get into what he did. He ended up becoming a Navy SEAL, uh, worked in Boston. He actually played a little pro hockey the year after, you know, after he was done in Bowdoin um, in the CHL, I believe. And he went, he worked five years in Boston for a consulting firm. And this is, this kid is a badass. uh, you know, these people that we, we talk about, all you guys are the baddest people alive. You really are. And after five years working in Boston, he said, fuck this. I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And that that's, I mean, just to say that at, you know, around 30 years old, um, he went and he joined the Navy. And if he didn't become a SEAL, he was going to be a 30-year-old uh, living on a boat in the Navy and, you know, in the regular navies. But he, he made it. Um, he went on. He, he did two tours. Um a true, a true hero, you know, talking about him, I think, you know, it, it makes, it makes me emotional. He, he did a tour, um, in Afghanistan. I think the second one was in Iraq by Syria. Um, and just a, a true hero and somebody that I think we should all recognize and someone that when their friends talk about him, they can't say enough good things. He's loyal. Um, he's exactly what you would hope you, you could get in a friend, but he's so modest and selfless. And I'm very proud to be able to call him a friend myself. So, the second guy I want to talk about, another true hero, is John Moynihan. He's a Boston police officer now. Um, kid went to college for a couple semesters, said this isn't for me. Um, joined the Army, became an Army Ranger. Uh, did at least one tour in Iraq. I know that for sure. Uh, when that ended, his service, he became a Boston police officer. He joined the gang unit. And that was until uh, March 15th or in March in 2015, I don't know the exact day. I should. That's on me. Uh, we'll get that by the end of this. He was shot in the face uh, by a maggot who was then killed by other other police officers. He's now rotting in hell. I hope to God he's rotting in hell at least. Um, John Moynihan uh, survived this. He not only survived this, he's now back working. 
He's back with the Boston police. He is as bad as they come. He's uh, a hero to me. I, I think of him and, and just seeing him last night had been a while. I, uh, it was so nice to see him and let him know, you know, what I, what I always tell him what I think about him is, is that I can't thank him enough for everything, everything he's done. And, you know, after, after the, the incident that, that happened, he's come back. He's now on the fugitive task force with the Boston police. And those are the people uh, that go after the people who skip out and bail and have felony warrants. It's scary shit. And it just shows, I mean, this guy, you get shot in the face, um, you retire for, you, you, you don't, I mean, you, you get paid forever. You don't have to do a thing again. You, you shouldn't have to, right? But he wanted to come back. He's full-time again on the Boston police. So that's another guy that uh, you think of on a day like this, and you, and you thank God that um, we have people like that that are out there doing things for us. So I want to say thank you to everyone out there. I wish I could speak more eloquently about this stuff. Um, Where You did great, and, and yeah. I have a tough time with that kind of stuff too. I, I, I'm proud of you, buddy. That was pretty nice. It's hard to describe what, what they mean to me and all you guys. Um, I wish I could better, but, but those two are, are heroes, and they'll be pissed off at me, like I said, but they deserve to be mentioned, and they always will. And I want, I want to piggyback on what you said, Whit. I actually have a, a Vietnam veteran about 25 feet from me right now. My father-in-law served over there. Uh, I had an uncle served over there. He didn't come home uh, right either. He struggled with a lot of problems like a lot of guys did over there. You know, he, he lost his life early, uh, indirectly through to Vietnam. I had a grandfather who served in the Pacific in World War II. And I actually have a great, great uncle. Uh, he was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, he was among the first soldiers and sailors that were killed overseas to be buried at Arlington National. He was killed on the USS Maine in 1899. So, you know, I have some veterans in the family, and this is a day we all we reflect on that stuff. And these guys are the reason we're able to do this silliness and get paid and get paid for it to talk about hockey and have all these great freedoms up in Canada as well. And uh, Remembrance Day, it's not a, a day we say Happy Veterans Day, but just uh, everybody should acknowledge it. Um, you know, should reach out to a veteran in their life and just say, you know. Hey, hey, thanks for what you did. Thanks for what you did because there's so many of them out there. And Whit, I just wanted to correct you. It, 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 Remembrance Day in Canada was Sunday. So okay, I just, okay. I, I just had to look that up and, and correct anyone for who's and, and um, I, I want to say that um, John Moynihan, the day he was shot, it was March 27th, 2015. He then rejoined his men's league hockey team in the summer of 2016. Um, you know. Oh, just a little over a year. He's back out playing again. He still plays. He's a complete legend. So we could we could officially give him the hashtag hockey guy. He's hockey guy to the T. And Chris uh, Chris Peltier, he also a little cool caveat about him. Like I told you, he uh, was a sniper. He broke that freshman scoring record. He then when he got and became a Navy SEAL, they made him a Navy SEAL sniper, which is super elite. It's the like the guy in American Sniper. Um, I believe his name. Or is it Kyle? Um, Shit. It's what Chris it? Kyle. Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle. Fucking A. I, 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 I'm disgusted. I'm not cutting that out. Chris Kyle. Um, so that just shows it's pretty cool. A kid could snipe and snipe in hockey. And obviously he's a, an incredible shooter in the Navy. So, um, yeah, I mean, all, all of you out there, thank you so much. I, we could never thank you enough. And I think it's a good way to end, end this week's episode. We've had a lot of hiccups. I can't wait to see Grinelli's mouse. Yeah, we're talking about, by the way, we're talking about these guys, these absolute warriors, and Grinelli's screech, screeching about a little mouse. Yeah, it's a bad look, Grinnell. We still, we still, we love you as well. And I just want to, yeah, obviously, well said, Wit, uh, RA. That's uh, very nice of you to say. And, uh, Wait, you're you're pretty well spoken with that stuff. I know what you mean. Yeah. You're not like a you're not that polished, but I thought you did a, a great job. Yeah, like I guess if I really wrote something down, because I've done decent at wedding speeches, but there I go off the rails too. I just I don't know. I just 
love talking about these guys. I want to do them right, you know? It's like I have no oh, pressure yeah. on myself. These guys, I want to sound sound like I'm really giving them the credit they deserve. So um, I'm on the Eagles tonight to end this. The game's <laughs> both starting. I'm down so much money. So pray for wit and uh, pray for all the veterans and the current people that are serving our two great countries. Peace Also out. looking forward for everyone joining Sally season and uh, staying involved and engaged with us on social media. Grinelli will be running everything uh, through the social media, but uh, we'll be posting that Instagram video wanting to hear what you guys think is the best celebration of the year so far. We want you to rate it. We want you to tag Budweiser Canada, and we want you to tag, uh, or, ha- or what do you call it, hashtag Sally season. What I want